Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What's good, Internet? It is Friday, March 19th, and you are listening to Waypoint Radio, episode 381. I'm your host, Austin Walker. Joining me today, Ricardo Contreras. It's the freaking weekend. You can't say that today because we're recording it on Thursday. <laughs> I is, want you know it to what? be no, over, I take it back. <laughs> You're allowed to do that for our listeners. You're allowed to bring the, the listeners to the freaking weekend. That That is acceptable. <laughs> that is part of our duty. Is it yeah, even though I'm just we trying to extend time, the good yeah. energy of the weekend a little into our week. That would be great. I would love that. <laughs> it's like a miserable rainy day. I don't hate this sort of weather, but it is <sighs> that style of just like dreary... Dreary Thursday right now or when we're recording. Uh, uh, so, sweet. yeah, I, I appreciate your desire to you know, bring some of the weekend energy here. When it's this dreary out, I like it to be a little cool to go along with it. Me and too. then I'm fine. Yeah. It's good. But it's my apartment, humid. it's fucking hot because it's yeah. right in that temperature zone where the radiators are still on, but it's yep. on for too long for how cold it is outside. It's not that cold outside. Yeah. Uh, it's rough. So now it's, it's gross right and now. humid in my house. Not a fan. Patrick, how's the weather there in in sunny Chicago? Uh, look, it's it's the same. It's not. It's actually <laughs> like it was. It was raining this morning and then got just cold enough at around like six forty five when I was up with the kids, where it was like ice chunks were hitting the ground. It wasn't mm-hmm. hail, yeah. but like there was just like little like kind of. It was like it was like. The, uh, flirting with being mm-hmm. uh, snow, but like I I don't want to commit, you know. Uh, <laughs> Just thinking about it, and then it, then it got through the the clouds, and I was like, "Nah, I'm gonna be rain." Like, come on, <laughs> it's gonna be sixty this weekend. So let's not let's not do. Yeah, this. I cannot fucking wait. It was sixty here a couple weeks ago, and it was just like beautiful. You know, long walks every day, just like felt like I was in my neighborhood again. Beautiful, yeah. just perfect, perfect living, clean living. Um, but no, this week, this You're week, not clean not, living. Not I will slowly watch you go through the Snyder verse on Discord this week. <laughs> yeah, I clean my ass. That's what I'm saying. This week, no clean living. Two weeks ago, clean living, and then yeah, <laughs> the this- weather goes down. Austin and rolls up his sleeves and I'm goes. Like, all right. Time, time you know what? to watch. All I don't of even the like Snyder superhero films. movies. Let me just watch all the DC EU. I wow. finished rewatching uh, uh, BVS. BVS. Eat U uh, E. Right, it's Ultimate Edition. It's, That's the uh, no, it's, cut. It's, it's BVS DOJ. Oh, <laughs> it's Dawn of Justice. Right, 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 right. BVS DOJ UE UE Ultimate Edition or something yeah. like that. I yeah. just watched that last night. I, you know what? Yeah, first That's two thirds of that movie, movie. Uh, all pre Martha, the opening scene, yes. uh, with uh, the uh, Bruce. Into the- Running in Metropolis into, like, yes, is 100%. fucking great. That's an it's awesome great. way to that's introduce a good Bruce, that's that a character good, yes. and Superman. 
great. Uh, I really, I was like, here, yeah, okay, so, all right, let's just, you know what, let's just get into it. We haven't seen the new Snyderverse shit yet. Actually, I, part of me feels like we should We're going to hit because- play now. Welcome to, uh, <laughs> Rob, Rob is away, Rob told me Waypoint we Radio we will play. We were, no, we were recording a More Civilized Age thing last night, a Q&A thing, and Rob dropped that he's up to Aquaman. He's also doing this and is so ahead he's of just me. Been quietly doing it, but telling <laughs> yes. no one. Yes. So whereas uh, you just decided. I mean, we're in a group chat. Patrick, Rob, and I are in a group chat with some other people, um, and in that chat, it's come up that I'm watching the the – the Snyderverse. Yeah, the, no, it's been, uh, it's been great to watch your reaction in, in real time because it's which like, is mostly negative. I mostly don't like it, but I have, but but they're they're fascinating. But it's like a, it's a negative positive, right? Yes. Like it's it's. I uh, like I was that talking, part of my brain firing. Uh, I was talking about this with uh, Casey Malone, a uh, friend of the show, who's also in that in that chat. It's yeah. like versus like watching like a Green Lantern. Like no one wants to watch that no. shit. Like no. that's just a bad which is, movie. Which is, you know, I watched Suicide Squad as part of this, and that's, that's just, just a, a bad movie. movie. <laughs> it's just a bad movie. It's it's. They're Will Smith, Smith is funny. great. Yes. Uh, like, that's I he's love- Will Smith. Like yes. Will Smith just has like an innate charisma. What are you going to do? It's Will Smith. Um, I didn't like Man of Steel you put very him much. In a I movie think that twice. That movie, that's what you do. That's what you do. You put him in. He deserves to be in a movie. Any movie he's in twice. Gemini Man. His whole catalog. Go back right now. Add a second Will Smith. If it was a movie where he was young, he should shoot new shit. I don't now. know how I haven't watched Gemini. Gemini Man is like a quintessential. I know. Patrick. It's 10.30. Should you play a game for an hour before you go to bed? Nah, man. That's too tiring. Like, do you want to watch a movie? Well, not like a movie movie. And like, <laughs> that's, that's, usually, that's usually when like prom night two goes on Peacock, right. where it's right. like, I'm going to watch this for 40 minutes before I go to bed. And I don't know how Gemini Man has not, because that is a, yeah, that would just be like, right? I just want to yeah. watch 40 minutes of it and never right. see, and I'll watch 40 concludes. minutes of it two years from now and be like, this is On a is plane it. or something. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, so yeah. So I, I. Ooh, there's so much to unpack in terms of how I feel. And we, I, we can't just do a Snyderverse. No, we can't. We can podcast. give ourselves 10 here's minutes. My, yeah, here's my quick thing. I decided, oh, fuck it. I'll watch a four-hour movie that I'm not interested in at all because it's going to be like the thing of the week that but week. But the Let pop culture just, like right. synthesis of this moment curious is so fascinating. Because I, so I grew up as a Marvel person and then fell off those Marvel movies, which we've talked about to death across right. the years. Um, uh, I've never been a big DC comics reader, but I've liked bits of stuff here and there outside of it. Um, and that's not like exactly true. Like, of course, I, I, you know, as a comics reader, there was like Love Owl Batman Man. I read that new right. movie that they said they're making yesterday. Are they doing that? Is that a thing I, I didn't thought okay. our, I thought that was a joke. So like, like, nope, Our Man no, is that's a real, real. character. Uh, but like, you know, like <laughs> actually, one of my favorite comics is a DC comic. It's it's uh the the uh, Robinson run on on Starman. Really, really good. I there's, there's stuff that I really like. I really liked. 52, their week-to-week thing from like 2006, 2007, something like that, where they they led into a, re, a kind of a, a, a retcon of their whole universe. Um, anyway, so there's DC stuff I like, but I've never been a DC like stan in that way. Um, and so I was like, you know what, but, but let me watch these movies because they're so – because people hate them. People hate <laughs> those movies. Well, um, yeah, there's only a poll. There's only there's only like two polls. Yeah. Really, or, I find or, myself in the center of. Like I actually totally. like, don't – Because I think don't, that's, that's – Probably a lot of people actually, right? Sure. Like, uh, and, and yeah, that's the other thing. Let's be clear. I think a lot of Zack Snyder fans are incredibly shit shitty, right? Like, these, these are like deeply toxic. Oh, at least the Snyder cut, people. like, raise as much money for suicide awareness as you want. Like, but like, there are like really, really shitty parts of that Just community. Garbage that, people, yeah, <clears throat> who are loud in that community at the very fucking least, and, and who are not, who are not like leashed, you know? Mm, yeah. Um, so I go into those movies like 
open hearted. Let's see. Man of Steel, I think, is a is a mess. I think there's bits of it I really like. I don't know if either of you have seen that movie recently. Dope sound- I listen to the Man of Steel soundtrack, no joke, like most probably Patrick once Parker every three thing. days. Once every <laughs> once three every days. Three like, days? Wow. It is, when I, in the rotation? It well, it's uh not really in the rotation as much as like when I'm sitting down to I can't listen to lyrics when I write. Right, yeah. I ha- uh-huh. I, so I have like a lot of Movie soundtracks, gotcha. M83, like, mm-hmm. I can listen to, like, choral stuff, like, you know, like, uh, but I can't listen, I don't want to listen to actual, like, composed, like, pop yeah. songs or stuff, so that. So it's a lot of movie soundtracks, and for whatever reason, like, one, I, I think the Man of Steel, like, I think the Superman theme that Hans Zimmer came up with is great. Like, I really <laughs> genuinely like the, the Hans Zimmer theme. And so I've just listened to that soundtrack multiple times. When I saw on Apple Music that there was, like, an, ex- so an extended funny. soundtrack edition, it was, like, one of the greatest <laughs> days of my life. I was like, oh, there's more of this? Um, <laughs> now no one's going to stop me from transcribing this Monster Hunter interview and then, but then I have complicated feelings where it's like I've listened to the Man of Steel one too much and I was like I need like a little Man of Steel adjacent and I'm like I'll get into that BVS DOJ oh UE. UE but the problem is that's a mashup of Hans Zimmer and Junkie XL and I Junkie like Junkie XL, XL uh-huh. who like has done some good soundtracks but it's just a little more like noise like it's loud like yeah. he you know I love the Mad Max soundtrack and i like part i even like the wonder woman theme that that he's done but mm-hmm. it's a little more that i'm at a rock concert which is like i'm, I'm, I'm trying to write vibe. about like signs of the sojourner here um right. like <laughs> chill junkie um so yeah the the I, man of steel i think is kind of messy and just like i felt like there were like four different super supermen in that movie and they didn't ever really cross yeah, if you paths. want like the boys adjacent uh, right. uh or, or like a, a murderous superman like i'm here for that movie but like that's not what that character is or, like, you, like, you have to build, he isn't like that for most of the movie and then and then he is in in key moments mm-hmm. and like i wanted lines drawn i think zod is really good michael shannon is just incredible yeah he's a he's a blast to watch um uh who's the who is who is uh Ma Kent? Is that is that Diane Lane? Is that yes. who that is? Yes. She's fantastic in it. You know, she's just she's Lord fucking rock. But I think that movie's a mess. Like, I think there's like there's <laughs> Let like me like die in this tornado, son. <laughs> Don't show yourself to the world. There's so much wrong with those with that scene that is like both meaning like both in terms of just like continuity, like why the fuck are you doing this? And also <laughs> in terms of like what is the message being sent right. about about this? And like, you know, that, that's a movie that's like you don't, it, you know, the the most generous reading of that movie is don't hide your light under the bushel barrel, right? But like, sure. what it really is is like, don't let don't let people around you tell you not to excel, uh, even if it and and also <laughs> governments can't stop the powerful from doing what they want because the powerful <laughs> will fundamentally be the ones who protect us. So stop regulating Superman, asshole. And that's just that's just the Fountainhead. That's just Atlas Shrugged. That's just. Like Ayn Rand. Well, shit. that's in that it's like one of Snyder's upcoming projects. So uh Okay, well there we go. Um and then and then yeah, so then after that, Batman, Batman v Superman, I just think is like such a step above and in and in turn. I was trying to figure out how to talk about this again with friend of the site Casey Malone and explaining that like that movie feels like such an AU to me. Like obviously all all superhero movies are AUs in their own all alternate universes, right? Um, uh, in, in the sense that like they are reworking material from the comic books uh, mm-hmm. in order to make it palatable to a different format and a different audience. It's like what they do, and so they retell parts of the stories and they leave other parts out. Um, in 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 Man of Man of Steel does this too, but it bugged me more for some reason. But in Man of Steel, the big thing was like there's no Superman before there's crypt. Kryptons, right? Like, or, or, or I guess, is that what we're calling them? Not Kryptons. What are they? What are we, uh, people from Krypton called? Kryptonians? Kryptonians, thank you. Mm. Um, like, the world 
super Clark Kent goes around and like takes odd jobs and like helps people occasionally, but he never actually puts on the suit and does heroic things until Kryptonian technology is revealed to the world and the and the Kryptonians come Zod comes to fuck him up. And so in like the public imagination right on this, the weirdest thing is that like Superman coexists at the same moment as these aliens are coming to fuck us up. Where yeah, well, like, we're not alone. Comics, that's not the like, case. Aliens exist. <laughs> right. Also, a god lives among us. And also, a god lives among us. But, but not. Oh yeah, that guy who's been saving us for ten years. No, he fucked up those a, buildings. Which is why right. the, I think the opening of that movie is brilliant because it's and that's terrifying. Why, yes, and that's why. Like, I think I think the Batman Batman v Superman stuff helps to like sell that stuff as like okay i get why you wanted to get to there was because you wanted to justify the response of bruce wayne who loves who who fears things but loves people and and is willing to put himself in harm's way to to you know save people's lives and all that um and i just think i you know ben affleck probably a piece of shit i think maybe definitely a piece of shit i can't quite remember well how much knowledge we're supposed to fall like i don't remember i don't i'm not a celebrity like gossip person i'm and i'm also just bad at keeping up with who has done but he's a but he's a good bruce and he's a good batman he i responded well to his batman i responded well to his bruce wayne his like brooding middle-aged down on his luck. Robin's already dead. We didn't I bought see, him didn't holding this <laughs> at the top of this building, hoping holding a sniper rifle. I'm like, yeah, sure. 100%. Fine. There, there's a there's a strange dream sequence. Future, like, who knows? I haven't seen the I haven't seen Justice League yet, so I don't know if bug people and post apocalyptic world. Uh, all happens. The, all the, yeah, and that's like I the, think that's like, like Batman all the, has all, weird dreams, right? No, that's that's all setting up uh, like Dark Seed and, and can't but, wait. Which is like my least like least favorite part stuff of that movie is like is what was it not is it apocalypse is that the what apocalypse is the planet no well then what's the creature at the end of it the one that kills oh doomsday uh, doomsday doomsday yeah um, yeah, yeah. That, yeah everything in the yeah. back at, at the final act of that movie is like terrible to me there was like the martha scene which if you don't know what the martha scene is i'm not going to spoil it for you but <laughs> you should just, experience not because uh, we're, we're fearful no. of spoiling the movie you should experience it for yourself. It's the mm-hmm. most it's the it's a scene that comes out of a writer's room that thinks it's clever. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yo, I just realized something big. This is gonna change everything. This needs to be the thing that makes them come together. But my biggest beef with that movie, and, and I, again, I genuinely like the first like two thirds of that movie, but I, you know, you have two you have two people who have two different views of the world, right? Um uh and and Bruce Wayne says this to Superman at one point, which is like, you had parents who taught you that the world to be hopeful and the world was good and that like the that that you should reach out to other people and help people. Um, And and my life has taught me that like the world fundamentally is filled with things that are going to crash into each other and hurt each other and hurt people. And it's it's my job to try to like remedy that as best as I can. Um, and, and, and then it's messy and it's not and just it, like, I, I come and save the day and like everyone's safe. It's like, ah, actually like some people deserve to die. And like, he's like a much more nihilistic view of what it means to like save people. Yeah, exactly. The, the exact quote, just to get it right is, I bet your parents taught you that, that you mean something that you're here for a reason. My parents taught me a different lesson. Dying in the gutter for no reason at all is so, so overwritten. They taught me the world only makes sense if you force it to. Those are their two views, right? That like you either have to, you're born with some sort of internal destiny or like meet a purpose on this world or you fucking claw your way to one. And they never remedy those two different perspectives. They just find brief common ground and then they treat it from that point forward in that movie as if it's like their best friends as like they talk to other people in their lives like they're buddies yeah and it's but the, like, the final scene like when he's talking to wonder woman at the funeral is like 
I failed him in, in right. life, but I won't fail him in death. And it's like, I feel like I missed a movie. Like, yeah. not that I need, like, the BVS, DOJ, UE, Deluxe Edition. Deluxe, but I was yeah, like, uh-huh. I feel like I'm, I'm Wait. I, you know, I, I'm missing, like, th- that, that movie when it cuts to, like, the, it was like, ah, we need the big action scene. It's like, no, actually, we need you guys to, like, walk away and right. then have another movie where we build up to this fight where you, like, yes. resolve. You guys go for coffee. That You Please. only need one scene. is <laughs> just to Seriously. actually have resolution Ugh. to, like, the ideological friction. Because, actually, you aren't that far apart. No. Like, it, it, but you need to get do there. it on the screen. Uh-huh. You have to show it. Anyway, Kato, what was your question? You said, excuse me. Mm. Bat- does Batman die? No, Superman, no, Superman dies. Dies. The premise of what? Justice League oh, as sorry, a movie sorry. is that. Superman dies. Sorry. I was Superman like, yeah, dies. doomsday. But they do Doom's that they at the end? Well, they kill each other. That's, yes, the final act is, it's, uh, this is also part of it that makes no sense, yeah. is that Lex Luthor creates Doomsday in like a... Uh, on a, a Kryptonian ship using and they're a overriding of, the safety protocols. Like, it's what, very there's actually goofy. a very good. I I love him it, in this movie. It's it's a great Lex Luthor. There's like Jesse oh, Eisenberg. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead, Kato. Doesn't yeah. Superman in my in my mind? I haven't read this yeah. in a, a, a long ass time. But doesn't Superman die at the beginning of that arc? Isn't the whole point? No, that there's there's like, a whole Doomsday arc that then ends with the death of Superman. Doomsday, like in the okay. comics, exists. Before you know, maybe I started on that issue for some reason, and in my mind, that's what that arc is: is like he dies, and it's about the fallout. Um, There is the the death and return of Superman ends up being like the overarching thing, and then you get the other, you get like the four Supermen who show up. You get Steel and uh, the the one who has the cool sunglasses, and his name starts with an E. You get Cyborg (laughs) Superman. You get Superboy. Like it's a whole it's a whole melange of Supermen. Um, those are not the four Supermen who show up in Man of Steel. Those are just four different versions of uh, someone trying to write a Superman (laughs) story. Um, but yeah, I, I will say the the death scene. In at the end of BVS is actually incredible. There's like a there's like a, a moment in which he has to exchange blows with Doomsday in such a way that like you know in the comic they just fight each other until they both die, mm-hmm. right? And I I went back and reread that sequence because I was like curious, like oh, what what is is this just lifted from that sequence? Is this kind of visual moment? We're like again we're deep in spoilers for Man of Steel at this point, <laughs> uh, or not Man of Steel for Batman versus Superman. Uh, but but uh, he basically gets impaled on – he impales Doomsday with like a, Krypton, uh, a kryptonite spear and then also Which gets weakens impaled. Him. It weakens him, but right. And he gets impaled on one of Doomsday's like spikes and then he like pulls himself further onto the spike so that he can push the spear all the way in. And I'm like, that's a Superman moment. That's like an mm-hmm. incredible it's, – it's too bloody for like what I think of as Superman. Well, and it's like for it, the in the medium, midst of like a giant green screen, which totally. Uh, so I like, don't think it. It's not beautiful, but I think the 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 essence of who is Superman. How yeah. do I communicate that to a twenty whatever audience, twenty eighteen audience, whenever that movie came out? Um, uh, I think fundamentally worked for me. Um, so everything everything. Before, I guess also the thing post post Martha scene that worked was that Batman fight scene in the warehouse or whatever, where it's just a good Batman fight scene, even though he definitely kills people with grenades and guns. He does, in my but mind, then when he's like, cr- when he's this crawling just, along the, the, yeah, the ceiling, I'm like, it's that stuff works for me. Like the way he shows up, like Jason Voorhees at the end to like threaten uh, uh, Eisenberg with like, I'm, he's like, you want to, you're going to Arkham. And, you know, like the, it's just, there's a lot. Yeah. It's not a very, it's not a very flattering set of movies about those characters, which is interesting. Like, because I don't think, I don't I think leave- that's how Snyder, Snyder views them. No. Like, and I, when he- I just, I don't hmm. like Zack Snyder's oeuvre. 
I've, I've watched, I went to see 300 with some friends when it came out and we laughed through the whole thing, which upset a lot of frat dudes in the audience. Um, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get through the first couple of sequences of Sucker Punch and I've never gone back. Um, I like there's not, I, I do not like his Watchmen uh, interpretation. I know there are people who I'll, really, I'll defend who really 300 in the, in the context in which it was released, which is that his style was so arresting that it sounds like you were able to watch 300 and like see through that. And I don't that think that was most. I, I don't think and that was most I people. Gone I watched myself. 300 and was just like, "Yo, the slow mo is dope," uh, and uh, <laughs> I'm here for it. Right. So, so, so. All that said, I'm curious about. I mean, I, I guess briefly. Yes, I watched Suicide Squad. That movie's bad. The first like 40 minutes of it are like trailers for each of the characters in that movie. Basically, it's <laughs> very <laughs> funny and bad. It's just not. It again. It's Will Smith is great. That's my. I don't like their Harley Quinn very much. I they don't give her much to work with. Birds of Prey is a is a like if you're going down this path at fun. some point you should yeah. just watch Birds of Prey. It's a, yeah, yeah, a yeah. well made movie and at least gives um, her more to work with. I didn't love Wonder Woman. I like I get it. I think it's well made. Um, I think there's some fun action sequences. I think that her rapport um, with Chris Pine is yeah. That's solid. the whole movie. Like, like but the, I, the movie around them is not particularly totally. strong, but the two of them, anytime they're in a scene together, I, I here's is my double like whammy. One, good. I don't like fish out of water time travel stories where mm. it's like this person it doesn't understand what ice cream is. I think the ice right. cream scene is actually like a good that's like a good example of it that works. But mostly like her trying on clothes and not knowing what clothes are because whatever Th- that stuff is like it doesn't take a box for me. It doesn't move me in any way. But it really the thing that really bugged me about their p- depiction of her is they she can be as foolish and naive and childlike as she wants in some scenes and then the next scene like knows more because she's read a bunch of books and i wish they had like taken i wish they'd just gone book smart but street street not streetwise yeah. instead of she sometimes feels like a hot strong 13 year old is how she's written <laughs> we're like she's like well i just killed like the a bad body guy swap. and the war ends right exactly and it's like that's she gets told as a child that like there's a bad guy out there that that did bad things and that he's the cause of wars. And so she just believes that for the rest of her life. But she was like eight when she heard that. And it's right. like that she was like went to an indo- a school of indoctrination. That was like a that was not a the way it's depicted on film is like she seems like she should be capable and smart enough to understand that on top of there being super villains out there in the world and evil gods. There are also just wars sometimes <laughs> and un- untrustworthy people. Um, and, and so it ends up being very strange to me to watch this character who is so co- hyper competent in so many ways. Um, and who again does talk about how she understands her, like they sidestep sexual tension by having her have read books about sex and pleasure because they're not sidestep sexual tension. There is sexual tension. They allow there to be sexual tension by saying, listen, she is informed enough to engage in this sort of flirtation. This is not a, a 13 year old having flirtation with the hottest man in, on the world, Chris Pine. Uh, <laughs> He's extremely hot in this movie. Uh, she is like, you know, knowledgeable, agentic, able to, to to engage in this. But then like 30 seconds later, she is saying the stupidest shit you've ever heard because she's from an island and doesn't know how the world works. Yeah. And that stuff just doesn't work for me that well. It, but, it's just you like, know. I mean, it felt like they they were trying to 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 make the the idea of having that sort of religion actually be the thing that you like believe totally. in full heartedly. And it just doesn't, it didn't like, they don't show out. that though. Like if you right. give me some like temple scenes up top where right. everyone is like, give me the minute of hate against Aries or whatever, <laughs> you know, you know, um, if, if I really, if I felt that I would have, I would have been in on it. Also, it's just hard to separate the gal, the Gal Gadot IDF shit from a movie <laughs> 
from a movie that well, don't worry they don't even try to do that by the time they get to oh, Wonder Woman 1984 I heard I've <laughs> they seen, just, they seen just straight up throw her ideology into the movie so oh, rough anyway so that's my lead up I'm I'm gonna watch this stupid movie I'm probably not gonna watch <laughs> anything after it I'm not gonna watch Aquaman I'm not gonna watch 1984 I'm not gonna watch is there another one is that it I guess mm. the Batman oh, is going to be in a different continuity now right yes yeah, I yeah. So. I, Our- yeah. I I don't know where that's going to end up like falling necessarily. I, it seems my guess is they will just end up with like throwing it all like, hey, we're introducing multiverse, which means we can just make the movies right. you want and not worry about right. acknowledging the the other ones unless we want to do some, yeah. you know, crisis on. But like, was was saying, they'll, they'll do the crisis in a did. couple of years or whatever. Well, well but then the, the, yeah. the CW right. already did it. <laughs> right. That's the thing, right? There's there is. This is the thing that, that the DC fans in my in my life. Are like we already have a really good representative DC visual media on top of comics, like you know, to, like moving pictures, and it's the TV shows. People I know love those. CW yeah, I haven't shows. watched any of them, but it's either like you don't care for it at all, or like you're all in and you're also watching Legends you're watching of Tomorrow, the whole Arrowverse. <laughs> you're watching right, yeah, totally. And I, I've <clears throat> again, and I'm that for MCU. So it's like I, I'm, right. I'm not slinging stones. I'm just like, yeah, like I, I'm ready for you know Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Like, let's go. Right, right. <laughs> anyway, I'm excited to throw four hours of my fucking life away. It's going to be longer than that because I like pause and rewatch scenes like a stupid person, like just an absolute <laughs> fool. I know what I'll do. I'll rewatch. Oh, that was a cool scene. Let me rewatch that and take notes. Shut up. Go away. <laughs> Read a book, Austin. I'm, um, I'm, I'm going to I'm gonna have to see what happens. Like I, when I showed uh, Katie, it was a long, long time DC person, like was so and then converted to to Marvel via the MCU whereas right. I didn't have an allegiance either way and then just kind of like fell into the MCU and then like uh you know I think Suic- Suicide Squad broke her like so Harley <laughs> Quinn is like one of her all-time right. favorite characters and um you know it was like oh this seems like a great actress and choice for all of this like the great like this her is gonna be, a great actress yeah. uh uh this would be awesome and like just that movie is I filled th- with great actors and actresses, and none of them get watching. Watching her come out of that was like me watching the Dark Tower film. <laughs> right. Like, I I usually can go into movies with like d- proper like this doesn't ruin the thing that you love. Like remakes don't ruin the originals, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. then sometimes you just watch a thing and you just aren't allowed to like keep that objectivity. <laughs> like it actually does like break you on like a like a, a on your in your soul or whatever mm-hmm. that is inside us. For her, that was Suicide Squad came out. It was like, we got to go to a bar. I was like, I think we have to go home. She's like, I need to get a drink before we go home. And I was like, okay, <laughs> you're like, you're like sad. Like you're actually sad. Uh, and I came out of the dark tower just, just being like, fuck, I'm never going to, they're never going to adapt this again. Like yeah. the one shot in my lifetime was this t- terrible film. Except for I just, oh, but he was pretty good in it. Yeah, well, that's, you know, take what you can get. Anyway, so um, I, this is all to say, I showed her the trailer for the Snyder Cut, and she was like, oh, well, like, maybe it'll be better. I was like, it's been like four hours long. She's like, <laughs> that might parts, because that's the thing I've heard now, right? There are six parts to this movie. Yeah, and apparently it's act. So it's like, I've, I, um, yeah. so I'm wondering if, yeah, Treat that's like how episodes. we can. It was originally, it was going to be episodic. It was like legitimately going to be four movies that came out, like, over the course of wow. a month, which I would have preferred. Yeah, um, sure. But uh, I don't know. We'll, we'll see what happens. Funny. We'll see what happens tonight. I'll put it on the letterboxed watch list and we'll see what she picks. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> put, it on the, on the, on, put it out on the like buffet. I should, maybe she'll be like, I'd rather be sad and watch Nomadland instead. It's like, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fair. I'd rather watch a good movie. Um, <laughs> anyway. Yeah. I'm sure we will wrap back around to the Snyder cut um, because it has been 
I, you know, some context is very much like I've spent the last three years privately making fun of it. And now this is me being like, you know, I'll give it a fucking shot. Listen, I'm good on my word. I said if this fucking thing came out, I'd watch it. Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> I mean, I'm going to watch it. I won't like it probably, but maybe I will. You know, in some ways, though, his Watchmen movie was my version of that, that Suicide Squad response, which is like sure. I talked a big game going into it being like, you know, it's just an adaptation. It's not going to mm-hmm. change my relationship with the work. And I watched it. I was like, mm, it's all right. Yep. Someone want sometimes, my that happens. Nah. sometimes it happens. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we should talk about video games, probably. All instead right. Of just superhero movies. Well, that was we only 10 even... minutes. We're good. Oh, yeah. That definitely stayed <laughs> yeah, in that 10 minutes how, slot uh, for sure. Uh-huh. That's how time works. Uh-huh. Well, when Superman <laughs> flies around backwards. The, yeah. Around but the not Earth. so far that he turns time backwards, but just enough to like make things slower right we get extra minutes so he just thinks when he goes back you, when he goes back in time is he can he change the future when he does that or is he just visiting how does superman's time travel i think it, this is like a this is like a, a brand. Like, am i opening too many okay of the All thing right. he does not the thing is the thing is i think that that almost happened or that only happened in the movie i want to say that happened in movie? superman 2 also, maybe it was if you Superman go back in time, aren't you just creating one. like a multiverse? Like you're not actually influencing a future; Richard you're just creating Donner a new present. Was not interested in the multiverse in 1978. <laughs> okay. He was interested in giving uh, viewers uh, an incredible depiction of of a man with great power who wanted to save the day so bad that he flew around the planet so much <laughs> that he was able to turn time back and prevent floods from happening. <laughs> The Flash can actually cool. go so fast he goes back in time, though. That's yeah, actually that's just, true. This about is the a flash. thing the Flash can fucking do. Of course. That's because the Flash is like not just a fast guy. He's part, he has like the fucking speed the force or whatever. Speed force. Speed force. Speed yeah, yeah, force. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, the speed force. He's a Sonic. Anyway, he's a Sonic. Sonic is a Flash. Mm, I believe. All right. Yeah. Tails okay, is sure. a Green Lantern. Yeah. I feel like he's like stuff. You know what I mean? He's I, inventive. Uh, What's I more like Cyborg. Knuckles is a oh cyborg could be a could be a Green Lantern. They could both well, be Green Lanterns. There's a lot of Green Lanterns. Well, I guess yeah. it has to be DC. I was going to say Hulkish. Uh, yeah, is, he's kind of Knuckles. But what's yeah. our Hulk equivalent in DC? There's, there's well, I mean, Hulk cyborg is kind of the brawly one, right? <laughs> is the right. issue? Yeah, but it's like Justice. League. <laughs> yeah, um, I feel like you you just there's a lot of like big. There are a lot of big creature like people in DC. You get Killer Croc. You get like Solomon Grundy. You get like right. a Swamp Thing. Like a swamp thing. But they're but swamp usually thing the villains. Well, I guess in yeah. swamp the thing beginning, is, yeah. Knuckles was a villain for a hot second, but he was just That's being right. manipulated by Dr. Robotnik. That's true. Well, write mm-hmm. in. Let us know. Who is Knuckles? <laughs> who is the Knuckles who would, who would analog Knuckles in the DC, in DC world? Yeah. Please, yes. let us know. Uh-huh. Also, we'll Dr. Robotnik. Just the whole Sonic cast. If you could yeah. cast the Sonic characters as DC, yeah. uh, uh, let us know. DC characters, let us know, please. Dr. Robotnik um, is the Blue Beetle. Sure. Yeah. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. God. Uh, video games. Who's who's got them? Who's played them? Patrick, did you end up playing Adios? I did. Yeah, I finished. I started and finished it uh, last night. That game is is not is not super long, but I really i i liked it. I like. Um, I ended up having so Adios is a game that just came out on Steam, Steam and Xbox. It is on Xbox. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Good. I'm. I'm always glad when games like this get console releases because it can seem so often that like the the console isn't the place for like short narrative experimental games, you know, right. just because um, the the often the hoops to get through 
the QA process and, is, is yeah, exactly. and, and also often these games have budgets in which like bugs are part of the experience because it's yeah, a small team that's just trying to just trying to get the animation rigs to work. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, yeah, I, uh, it's uh, I, I saw um, discussion of it uh, being on yeah. Xbox, although I played so it on PC. It's um, it is a short first person narrative experience about. I mean, like the, the funniest thing is like it, the premise is very clear up front and like the ad copy you know what i mean like that this the description for this game on steam is a pig farmer decides he no longer wants to dispose of bodies for the mob what follows <laughs> is a discussion between him and his would-be killer that's the game yeah and there's um, no like uh what's the twist um there's not it's, like that's it's, that's what the game is for yeah. roughly 90 minutes yeah um and it is a first person experience you're kind of walking around this uh, farm that you have where you have pigs and goats and a horse. It's a good horse. And it's a really little lake pond near, but it's a pond nearby. Decent fishing game for that like, fishing the scope is fun. of the game. That's like, a it's, fun little. It's, oh, it's, I, I always uh, delight in, you know, you, you, when the moment you start playing Adios, you, you can already get a sense of like the budget and like what they're yeah. working with and like where they put their emphasis in. So it's always, it's always a delight to me when you see where that emphasis goes in unexpected areas they're like they probably didn't need to but for whatever reason like they got a bug up their ass about like we're gonna we're actually gonna do this really good and the fishing mini game we're like the water looks great like water was it looks inc- I, it's it's because of the way it reflects there's moments i was like this is a this is photos this is real life this is a video of water it looks so good yeah it's like beautiful looking water it's like a nice like sunset like and and the, i don't know like the fishing mini game is not much more than like cast and then you know hit button it's simple when it goes yeah. but it's fine but it's fine and yep. it's just i was like this probably was a lot of work to get it to, to even like look like this and i was uh it was one of my favorite parts of of the game like it yeah. was a nice little moment of yeah, like i'm gonna you- find was it Champion? What was the name of the fish? That Admiral. You had to f- Admiral. <laughs> I got a fucking cat. It would be very it funny took if like, took like randomly. seven times to get Admiral, and I finally got him. Got him. Get that motherfucker. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's you know, you and this, and this hitman are kind of walking around your farm doing some chores. He's trying to convince you not to back out of this deal because backing out of the deal with the mob is not a thing you do. Well, the, the, the line he always, uh, some, some variation of is like, well, by the end of the day, yeah. You know, I think you'll be convinced. I can think you'll change your mind. And he says in his suit, he's just like, hey, you want to <laughs> you want to go uh, shovel shit with me? And so this, <laughs> this this guy comes with you and you do a bunch of mundane chores around the around the estate. Yeah. And I think that like in retrospect, you know, knowing how it ends now and knowing all that stuff, a lot of that stuff takes on some added like the fact that he like helps you fix your car where like. We know where today is going. You're gonna <laughs> yeah. tell you're we're gonna, you're gonna help me fix this car. That's that's okay. Yeah, that means something. Even though uh, even though the story is about you talking to a person who might kill you, you know. Yeah, we're gonna engage in a lot of actually meaningful small talk. Yeah. Uh, in even even though it's just like a way of like getting through the day. Yeah. Um, that's like where most of the storytelling happens in the game is yeah. in like the small talk that occurs between these two characters. There's something I would say is a twist. Like it, it, it executes on the premise that I just read. Um, but there is a conversation towards the end of the game without getting into spoiler territory that I think recontextualizes who the character is in a really oh, sharp yeah. way. Yeah. In a way that's like, huh? Okay. Like that's, that is a lot of the things that I was finding charming have this other perspective on them. Um, and mm. I think that that's 
a fascinating uh, uh, element. Um, I don't know I, that I that conversation like, well fully worked for me. I knew what they were going for, and I yeah. like the shade that it gives the character. It sort of it came a little. It was a little out of nowhere. It's, a, it's tonally. A little, it's a little. It's the only voice acting in the game that I feel slips into melodrama. Yeah, into like TV movie um, because of how. You get into an argument with someone, basically, and and that argument boils over in such a way that no other conversation f- – there are other arguments in this game. Yeah. And the other arguments feel more naturalistic. It, um, also, it feels rushed. It feels like we're getting uh, right. a lot of – like yes. I could see how these characters would have arrived at this point while we were yeah. having this conversation. But it's not quite right. a twist, but it is in terms of like th- – the shades of gray we're putting on this character and how we're supposed to ultimately feel about this aw shucks farmer Mm -hmm. that just wants to like get out of this deal that he got into to help his family way back when Um, it just a lot happens really quickly. And so I think that's why it's melodramatic, but then the melodrama ended up making me, I don't know. It it didn't quite work for me, even though like at the end, Mm. I, I I like what they were going for. Right, like, I, I like it as a plot detail more than I like the execution. Of yeah, it. I like yeah, it as I would say an element true. of the story. I like that on that's paper true about when the I character. talk to you about it and yeah. I say like, here's what happened. I go, yeah, that's great. In the moment, I was sort of like, ah, you know, I don't know. This is quite landing for me in the way that you know they were they were going for. Um, yeah, on, on that's paper fair. necessarily. Totally. I, mean, I wonder if that's the details from that conversation could have been spread across the house a little bit in some way that's kind of what um, i thought was that like the what feels like a uppercut was like i actually wish it was just like we had like been leading there a little give me a combo instead yeah yeah give um me, i guess give it's, me I, I just felt yeah like the person you have a conversation with is like so aggressive that yes. i was like I, like do we, really does we have to be this you know and then once you yeah. get there you're like well actually yeah maybe <laughs> yeah, maybe <laughs> um but yeah just uh but i don't know like i the voice acting is really strong like yeah. the, the, and the I, farmer I know, I know especially is really great shouting at their at their podcast player of choice being like <laughs> just tell us the fucking thing but it's an hour and a half long two hour long game right. i'm not gonna sp- that came out yesterday like i'm not right. gonna spoil what this game does it, and it's like all this and also that's all it is right yeah, there is exactly. very limited interaction um to almost to a degree that at times you're like well why am I allowed to like pick up this piece? Did you of, like, win that horseshoe? Song? Did you win that horseshoe? I the oh, game fuck of yeah, I won though? that horseshoe. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that's right. As soon as I realized what was going on, I was being very careful to figure <laughs> out like what this game's particular physics model was. Um, yeah. Don't worry, I got that. Also, I got the achievement with the shotgun. Did you get that one? I did not because I let him shoot first. Oh, do you know what the, the do you know what the achievement is? No, I'll have to go back and because you can jump just from scene to scene, so I might just go back. You can, and, be, be uh, yeah. Uh, think about what you can do with a shotgun, yeah, and then okay. attempt to do it. <laughs> okay, we'll do. Uh huh. <laughs> Sounds good. Um, um there, I did get. There was another. Oh, did what did you make for dinner? Um, the, I got the hot. I I made hot curry. I made like spicy curry, mm. and I got an achievement for making spicy food. So I were. Are you actually able to chop the carrots? Oh yeah. Okay, because I got I mixed chopped up. Them on the, I did chop them on the ground, though, because it was four of them. I was like, do you want me to fucking drag these carrots over to the countertop one by one? You can't, I got you confused can't bring- on the mechanics, and uh-huh. like, I, open, I opened up my journal, and like, I saw the two recipes, and I was like, oh, there's got to be an achievement tied to – because all the achievements of the game are like, try and do something a little unique that is right. not necessarily tied to the, to the story. Um, and – I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll try and like make this uh, soup or whatever. Um, 
I don't know. I got confused on the buttons and like I lost the I lost the oh knife. God. And I was like, I don't know where the no. knife is. Well, and so I just took I just shit. took these whole carrots and just like <laughs> it said it clearly said cut the carrots. And I was like, nah, these whole last carrots are just going, <laughs> going into this into hot stew. boiling water. This oh ju- this God. this raw this onion that has not been uh, dealt with at all. Yeah. Going it just going into the stew. And I put it all in, hit A, and it said, take this. It gave it gave me a bowl that was just I don't know white cubes. It was like oh. I don't know, just set this sad ass meal on your on, on your dining room table, and I did. Oh, no chivos great. for me for, no for that one. <laughs> Zero chivos. Incredible. Anyway, yeah, adios. It's neat. It's 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 worth at the very least like watching a trailer for it and getting getting a feel and being like, is this a thing that I would like? Um, I love games of this length. I love this sort mm-hmm. of like short form. Um, uh, you know short story version of a video game um that i wish we got more yeah of. i i've been um it's funny because i played this game uh in uh my living room chair and next to that is like i don't do a lot of reading i read a lot right like i read a lot of like articles when i'm like browsing for work but i don't reading as like i'm gonna sit down and read books like I dropped off that, like, I don't know, a decade ago, even before I had kids. It was just something I often didn't have the time for at the, or when I did at the end of the day, did not like reading versus watching a movie, playing a video game. Like playing a game perks me up. Watching a movie, I can like just kind of like be in whatever mode I'm in energy level mm-hmm. wise. Whereas like reading, you got, you have to be engaged. Like you can't, like there's, if you're just going to sit and like kind of blur through a page, I don't know that there's much worth in it. And so I've done some audiobooks, but mostly I've kind of just fallen off like reading actual books, which kind of sucks. Um, mm-hmm. So instead of like brought it on myself, I was like, I'm going to short, short stories. I can do that. Like mm-hmm. I can find time and energy to read shorter stories, even if it's like a novella that's like 85 pages is like something that feels a little more like approachable than like reading a 400 page book or something. So anyway, so I have been hearing so much on the King cast. They constantly reference this Stephen King uh, short story called The Jaunt, which is one of the rare instances in which... Stephen King uh, does sci-fi because generally he's bad at it. Um, <laughs> um, and uh, it's really good. But I, so I bought Skeleton Crew, um, the short story collection that I haven't read before. So I could do that. So was, it, I was, I've found such joy in reading short stories. Like it's just a form that I find like very enjoyable. I've read a lot of like horror short stories are some of my favorites. Like I've read a lot of Clyde Barker ones, a lot of Stephen, Stephen King ones over the years. And yeah, that's like, it was interesting to be reading those, have that book right next to me and then play Adios. And just like, I wish, I understand why more games don't do it because games are so hard to build. And I imagine the temp- like the idea of making it for a one-off 45 minute, 90 minute thing is gotta be hard relative to mm-hmm. building a thing that you can have a player experience for hours on end um i imagine that is one 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 among many reasons we don't get more of this stuff but you know that's why i would you know suggest just go and support it because there's there's just not that much of that out out here totally um i also want to shout out the one of the people who made it uh, i'm gonna say like the creative director on it is doc buford who also worked on paratopic yeah, um, and also has written which, for us. Right. Yeah, <laughs> totally. Disclosure. Absolutely. like Disclosure. Yes. <laughs> director true. has written for it's been, Waypoint it's been a minute, at various But points. you're totally right. Um, yeah. Uh, but but yeah, I, I really like Paratopic. And Paratopic had other people, you know, working on it also. I think there were four people. But this is the common thread people. between the, the but, two but of But there is a common thread there. And, and, and Paratopic, also a really great little short story game. Yes. A little short story kind of horror, you know, horror surrealism game um, uh, that is that is interesting. 
Um, so people should check check that out if they liked this. There's definitely, I would say, some connective tissue between them. Um, I I also just want to say one more time, I really liked other than that one conversation, which I feel like is executed a little a little you know hamfistedly. I think the the dialogue between the two leads um, and then the occasional other speakers in this game are is really good. Like it's just it's it's a certain sort of um, delivery that feels rare in video games. Um, uh, in terms of it's really yeah. understated. That's um, exactly it. Yeah, in a way that then feels very naturalistic. Where that game's dialogue is always so I don't not over the top, but it's so important because it's like a character is speaking to you, right? And, and they're telling you to go through that door. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like mm-hmm. whereas here there are little asides and dead ends in conversation and topic changes, and it flows in the way that conversation between people often goes which is like you start talking about one thing and you find yourself talking about something else and I, and I do like um, you can like ask the question you really wanted to ask yes you know? and like the the ui is is interesting because there are instances where uh you don't have a ton of choice like it's you know you're mostly just like sitting through a story um yeah. and you're like walking around this farm going to like kind of like prefabbed uh, sequences like to the point that you know like you walk up to an area and it says like sequence about to start. Like it's that like literal. Um, But I do like one of the little uh, bits they have in the, in the UI, which is uh, you know, you'll, you can on the D pad, I was playing with a controller, you know, it's like up, down, left, right. And like, these are your different um, options for the dialogue. Well, there'll be ones that are like uh, lit up and those are ones you can pick. And then there are ones that are grayed out that you cannot pick mm-hmm. um and those are basically like thoughts that the character is having that mm. they would maybe like to say in the conversation but can't bring themselves to say for whatever reason and i will say in the sequence that you know we were being critical of i think that's like the most effective use yeah, of that definitely. mechanic is definitely. the inner the they they a lot there's a way for the character to have an inner monologue that isn't spoken dialogue um and the player is just reading that and internalizing it and i think that that actually like does a good, like a decent job throughout the entire story of like allowing, you know, it's a reading. One of the advantages of books over other mediums is like characters can have an inner dialogue that like makes sense to the reader. And like, it's hard to convey in games or film, but like in, yeah. in, in, in the written word, like it's much easier to convey like the inner self of a character. Um, yeah. And that's an interesting way of getting away with that in a video game that I, I can't, I don't think I've because usually alternate dialogue is alternate dialogue. That's not what this is. <laughs> this is like an inner monologue slash like what if scenarios for like how you could resolve a. Con- it's just it's interesting, and I, I I would love to see more games play with having just written a feature about you know signs of this journer for the launch of the that game on consoles and Switch, which people should mm. check out now that it is on Switch. I hope yeah, that game definitely. finds that uh, game new is life. A, such a great fit for for Switch. It is it is cool to see. Uh, games play with like the like the form of dialogue and conversation trees in different ways. Totally. Um, before we take a break, I just wanted to quickly shout out. You know what? Maybe this is a thing that I want to talk about. Long. Mm, I haven't played enough of it to, to do the deep dive, and, and also I think Patrick, I want you to play this game. Okay. To talk about it's a horror game, and I want your, right. your thoughts Ooh. on it. Mundown. Uh, which oh, just the hand the hand drawn horror game. Yes, dude. I, it is the trailer yeah, like, didn't the trailer didn't do. I get you know, I get targeted by PR people, so I get yeah, a lot yeah, of these yeah. games, and yeah. uh, like no, you know, in the kindest ways possible, like a lot of them don't look very good. Um, and so totally. o- often it is the case that I'm 
browsing through like seven horror pitches in an in an email per day. And I looked mm-hmm. this one. The trailer didn't do much anything for me. But then a couple of people on Twitter like had like not just like good praise, but like this is one of the most interesting horror games I've ever played. And I was like, mm. Mm. Okay, mm. all right, <laughs> all right. Now, well, now it's going the other way, right? Where it's like, uh oh, this is too many, too much uh, pressure on it. Can it live up to that? I will say. So I'm very early on in this game. It freaked me the fuck out. Um, okay, <laughs> Mundown. Uh, Mundown is a um, uh, a game by uh, a solo dev who I'm I'm guessing is from Switzerland because it takes place in. Maybe I shouldn't make that guess, but it takes place in and is filled with. Uh, uh, dialogue in uh, a a a Swiss language. What I what I seem to understand to be um a, one of the like languages of Switzerland that does not get talked about very often. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. the Romanche language. Um, which uh, apparently this is this is now me googling it. Uh, is a Romance language descending from vulgar Latin, the spoken language of the Roman Empire. So it's almost like you're hearing a version of like Latin that feels like it's spoken by people who just like live up in the mountains somewhere. It takes place in uh in the mountains of Switzerland. Um and you are by a way, young person confirmed they're uh-huh. from Lucerne, Switzerland. Okay, I thought so. Yeah, I was yeah. pretty sure. And it, because, because this is a game that's very tied into Swiss folklore and history, but not in the I mean, you know, the you play a character who is going um to to this town this small village up in the mountains in uh uh called mundown which is up in the 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 mountains of switzerland um it is a village cut off from the rest of the world um it's hard to know off the top of my head like what time period it is Mm. um it's it's there you're driving in an old rickety bus and the intro in this old rickety bus almost gave me a panic attack because you're like <laughs> looking out over the hills and, and mountains and looks like you're gonna fucking fall over plus just the sound of mm-hmm. the the vehicle you're in and like the slowly rising uh orchestral stuff that's happening uh is just very the sound design in this game is through the fucking roof is, is what i will say okay um which like is is what horror is often right like horror yeah. is often in the audio um and so patrick like if you play the first 20 minutes of this game you will be like okay i get why austin is saying this all right um so you're going here because you had a letter saying basically hey your you get a letter from Jeremiah, uh, or who is a priest, who was like, "Hey, your grandfather's barn burned down, and he was in there." Um, which that's sad. Don't worry, everything here. Ah, is you fine. just spoiled the end of Adios. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, your yeah, this is a sequel. Um, uh, your, your your grandfather was in there. We took care of everything. Don't worry, everything here is just fine. You know. <laughs> Um, uh, and you're like, mm, uh, is it? And so you go and you, uh, you know, you, you go up in this creaky old bus and uh, you immediately you go to check out this barn. Like, yeah, it's been burnt really bad. Um, and there is like a, uh, like a thing. There's like a, a card, a kind of requiescent in pace card, uh, on the side that must've been put there. And like, animals are still dead in the barn um and huh i just said oh shit Ezio. yeah Ezio is here Ezio did this uh um uh and then on a hill overlooking the barn is a canvas with a painting um that is of the barn burning and as Mm -hmm. you start to walk to it the canvas 
like grows and opens um, as it, and begins to pull you towards it. Um, and I won't say what happened after that, but there was a really fucked up encounter immediately after that. Um, and then, and then you're kind of like let loose on this town to investigate the death of your grandfather, um, where you're like going through his his house and like, you know, you're doing some survival horror shit around like, okay, do I how do I find the key to open this door? But right. also just soaking in this black and white pencil drawn world in which there is a sense of history. There's lots of like photos of your grandfather from during the war. Right. Mm. Um, and and there's lots of another thing that I think happens in horror film a lot, especially kind of folk horror. This is very much in that space of like, hey, what is that? What is that? Um, there's like a, a, a an image of someone in the distance that can feel really foreboding, just like a person on a hill with two goats. And somehow it is the creepiest thing you've ever seen. <laughs> right. Um, uh, you know, a, a, a another structure, uh, breaking through the trees or whatever. Um, it is one of the most stylish looking things I've seen because all the textures yeah. are hand penciled. Um, and, and again, like I cannot say enough good things about the way the sound works to completely pull me in. And also, like if I'd had the lights off last night, I would have fucking yelped at some <laughs> of the, I, it's it's weird to even call them jump scares, but they're they're jump scary in some in some instances, and in, in the sense of like not like you turn the corner and there's a monster though that might also be happening. I'm not deep enough in to confirm or deny that, but in terms of the way a scene develops, the places you're taken to, um, every time you look at like a poster or a picture, the the camera slowly zooms in on it and you start to hear something from that place. Mm. Um, whether that is like the sound of you playing in town when you were a child um or the sound of a war happening or or something like and that is a really good technique and that's the sort of technique that's brought to bear basically anytime the game moves in that horror direction when oh. you're like looking through a window and seeing some shit you shouldn't see you know i'm watching this um, trailer and like yeah this aesthetic is awesome and they're also mm -hmm. really they they've deployed it in in certain parts in this just in this trailer even aesthetically like messing with what you expect a pencil drawing to do right like you see a line and yeah. like, you don't expect it to move that way it's like oh, oh no yeah. this is gross <laughs> this is weird what's wrong with it um that's uh, yeah yep. i'm really loving the way this looks gotta check this out so i'm gonna wait until it's a nice bright morning to play through <laughs> the rest of it or i'm not scared to death I'm uh, do the, i'll do the wait. opposite tonight and i'll, I'll report back <laughs> please do please do Oh God, your hand gets fucked up early on in this game in a way that's just very good and creepy. Anyway, that's Mundown. M-U-N-D-A-U-N, so people can find it. Um, I I want to say that this also came out not just on uh, PC, but also on some uh, other some other consoles. Uh, yeah, consoles. it's on. Yeah, basically everything. It looks like uh, PlayStation. Wait, is that nice. Switch? Hold on. Ah, shit! I accidentally closed the window. Yeah, well, you you get it, right? Yeah, it's out. It's, it's out, out there. It's out on stuff. It's out on stuff. A Xbox and out PlayStation at least, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, yeah, also also on. Yeah, I don't see a Switch logo, okay. unfortunately. Yeah. Um, Give it time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> everything. Put everything on Switch. Um, all right, let's take a break, and when we come back, we can talk about some more games.
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. We are back. Uh, Kato, hey. can you talk to me about... Did, we talked about you getting <laughs> meat and cheese yeah. for Magic the Gathering, uh-huh. right? Yeah, can we, we talk did. about the thing yet? Can the we talk about the thing. Magic the Gathering thing? Yes, the embargo is actually is up it? as of today, the day we're recording this, so we're good. Uh, Magic the Gathering Legends is... Uh, a, an, a free-to-play action RPG that's coming out from uh, ooh, cri- cri- crypt- Cryptic? Who made Neverwinter? The, like, free-to-play Neverwinter game. That sounds right. Yeah, Cryptic Studios. Okay. Uh, and on its face was uh, kind of a, a, a weird direction to take for Magic the Gathering, given how magic is kind of um, mechanically... Uh, explained like the flavor for the mechanics are you are a wizard and you're summoning a bunch of creatures to kind of fight your battles for you um which ends up being like okay how are they going to turn this into a diablo ish game like is this Ah, are they going to ignore mostly ignore the creature aspect of magic the gathering and just make it like your wizard slinging spells attacks right exactly in different ways and the answer is actually no they're like everyone it doesn't matter what kind of wizard you're playing yeah. Everyone has you have what you would expect out of magic, which actually was really interesting. The, I think that's the most interesting thing that I found about this game is the the way that you translated the ideas of magic into this new format. So essentially, mm-hmm. you are it's it's you know imagine Diablo in your head, except that all of your characters are wizards, so you just have different kind of spells. And essentially, you, are they you, broken? Are they are they four different types of wizards? That or like are they for, are they characters from magic or are they and I guess this is already the case uh-huh. do they all have just like a color associated with them they they're just a color associated they're they're different okay. classes right um right. and okay. you will meet other planes like the famous planeswalkers are like they're in the game but you are playing your own like sure uh specific planeswalker okay um and oh, I see here sanctifier, mind mage, geomancer, necromancer, uh-huh. yeah. beast caller. Yeah, yeah. Right. I so, said four, it should five. There's five, five colors of yes, magic, yes. right? Yeah. Um Fuck. so <laughs> so you um It's been a long time. You so you pick one of the one of the these classes, and what's great what's interesting about this is that instead of unlocking abilities down a tree or as you level up the way you would in Diablo, you mm-hmm. are unlocking cards. You make a deck in this game. Uh, your huh. abilities, you're like one, two, three, four, 
uh, yeah. on your keyboard are different cards that have mana costs. Your mana is still color coded. And most of these decks are meant to be played as two colored decks. So like you kind of see a bar at the bottom of the screen huh. filling up with like a little red, red sections and little uh, white sections. If you're playing like the red, white deck or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then, so each of those does costs, the crossover color is that predetermined? Like, if I decide to play as the red, whatever the red mage was, I already forget what I said it was yeah. a second ago. So this um, is actually what's do I really, decide what to splash into my? So my this abilities? is what's really interesting is actually as the 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 classes themselves and the decks do not have to line up. I was playing okay. a, a huh. the, the necromancer black class with a a, a green blue deck or whatever for so part you of you have this necromancer. Day. Then what makes you a necromancer? You so you have-, have you still each each class has its own like uh, ability tree, uh, not ability, but like um pat like a passive tree and two abilities that are separate from the deck. Interesting. So like okay. you have these two standard abilities that are kind of on their own cooldowns that are you know match the flavor of whatever uh, uh color you're doing. I think the the white mage has like a heal that will heal all of your your minions and thing or things like that. Mm-hmm. Um and then the deck itself is separate and you can build that, uh, I believe, with whatever two color. Like you can build those and it's just like the only limit is you can only have up to two colors. Uh, gotcha. they were like, the systems, I asked them about this and they were like, oh, the system kind of uh, buckled under having multicolors past a certain point and like certain combos they, that you would want to pull off wouldn't come up enough. Like there's just like just for like balancing purposes, we're sticking right. to two, two color. Um, and so what's interesting is that the decks themselves end up being around 12 cards, but you only have four of them up at a time. Uh, so it becomes this kind of thing of like, all right, um, where went like, you know, like uh, just just like the way that you play magic and you kind of have to prioritize certain things while you're waiting for something mm-hmm. else to come up for a certain combo or things like that. It really has that same feel of, oh, I know what is in this deck. Like you have to kind of know and like, which is pretty easy given that the max size is 12. So you kind of know right. all the things that are in there. And I have to like, um, I know that I can, oh, I can use this now because the combo I'm waiting for doesn't rely on it. I, there's another piece of it coming up. Um, they, and, and they also have like those two, um, those two that are intrinsic to your, to your class that you can always use those two moves that you could always use in right. case you're like, oh, I want to save this for a, a slightly better moment. Um, but it's really it's really fun to see as a as a magic player it's really fun to see how they translate certain uh mechanics like there's a this idea of a kicker cost in magic which is essentially an additional cost past the normal mana cost mm-hmm. that will make the spell do something better basically most of the time yeah. um and so they've integrated that in here like you hold down the button and then you, you see the mana kind of sp- you spend more of the mana uh, same thing with like X costs, which is the thing where it's like right. you pay X mana. It's like you hold down the X, you'll see your mana bar kind of slowly drain down as you like charge up cool. the attack. Yeah, yeah. They, they they did really a really good job of kind of translating all these different uh, uh, card mechanics into this uh, game. And the way that it kind of ends up working out is it's it's very chaotic because not only like so you are still summoning summoning mostly you are summoning uh enemies like there are obviously still your basic attack uh um like direct damage attacks which exist in exist in magic anyways but it's mostly mm-hmm. creature cards 
Um, you're, you're, you're summoning kind of, goblins. You're summoning archers. Yeah, you're summoning skeletons, or, skeletons, tree people. Yeah, sure. Yeah, whatever. Depending on what yeah. your colors are, that's kind of you know, like they've translated all those. Off that, like I, I saw a thing here that is like, hey, whenever you cast a sorcery, summon a goblin, right? Which right. is like a red creature token, and yeah. then. And then there's also if you summon the goblin war chief, other creatures you control get plus one, right? A plus zero. A classic goblins also get greater swiftness, you right? Know? So like, and that's like a classic like creature card is like it's a creature that will buff other creatures of its same type. Like that's a right. bread and but butter then, like, magic stuff, <laughs> right? Except that now it's Diablo. It's right. There are a bunch of little goblins now. That goblin is screen. running around you on screen, and um, right. Part of the like balance of this is knowing that, like, like watching you have to kind of. It's a there's a lot more like micromanagement like in like um in the almost in like the RTS sense like you're not actually choosing specifically those units like they kind of fight on their own but you want to watch what their health is mm-hmm. so you know when to if you have a healing spell that's going to like re up your guys like when to do that or like when it'll be worth buffing them like you don't want to buff them when they're about to die anyways yada yada right, right? like it's um it's really, really interesting, and I'm curious what, how the story is gonna play out because it, it's free to play. So like, the a bunch of the mechanics mm. uh, will, apparently like the thing that they're doing to like monetize it is is gonna be, like card boosters, which is like the, the thing you expect from like magic stuff. Yeah, but they I don't say that the behind right money man. Yeah. But they've said that the, you can unlock cards and you will unlock things uh, just from playing the story. So it's like, I, that's the I part that so. I have the most. Yeah, exactly. That's the part I have the most kind of question about right at the moment. Cause like I just played like a mission and like the mission itself was, you know, pretty fun. Um, it's a Diablo type thing. Yeah. It's a Diablo type thing. Like you get cool effects and like are able to take out lots of enemies at once <laughs> with big AOE things and like, getting your tree person to go like here's the, like there are there are specific sometimes uh, a, a creature will have a specific ability and then you can like uh trigger that by um selecting it and hitting its button like for whatever its special move is and so like there's that extra layer of like a little bit of micromanagement of the individual creatures but um so that's kind of fun but it's it's like all of these ideas are really neat but i i'm worried about the structure of it uh, yeah, and you just always you're always curious as as how you know that balance of like unlocking stuff that is still useful, how long it takes to unlock that stuff before you uh, think about having to or needing to put in money in it, like whether or not you need to put in money in it mm-hmm. as like a as like a a matter of course or is like oh i don't really need to it's like it would be faster this way i guess but i'm enjoying playing the game anyway so it doesn't really matter how long the the length it takes, it takes to right? grind out whatever yeah like, yeah, yeah. like totally. i don't i don't put money into genshin impact uh because i'm just grinding out my dailies for prime yeah, primal you, gems anyways right. and eventually i like right. i pull one it's fine um like i'm not playing that game in a way where i need to hit everyone every single character that comes up on a banner um mm-hmm. and so like i'm not I feel like what we know, but what we what we know is yeah. if there is a model by which that can happen, there will be people who right. are are led to spend that money, and and there will be a culture around it in which 
you know, we already have something like Genshin, right? We have people who do, who, who save up or who buy, not who save up, who buy a bunch of Primo gems and then do a stream of them just drawing, right. you know, and just right. like, kind of like egging other people on to do the same. We already have it in Magic, right? We already have like opening and, 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 you know, it's been a big opening thing in packs. YouTuber culture of Pokemon pack opening this past year yeah. has been like a big thing inside of YouTuber <laughs> culture for some reason. Um, and yeah, Magic opening packs. Like this is, this is a classic thing. Like right. the, not the purpose. The purpose of that is to make content to get people's eyes on it. But one of the effects is to encourage people to spend money right. on what is effectively a a slot machine, right? right. Like um, in terms of do you get the thing you, you're looking for? And that's one of the reasons I stopped playing Magic, right? Like I started playing um, uh, uh, living card games like Netrunner instead of playing CCGs like uh, Magic. And at the time, L5R was also – right. Uh, I guess L5R might have been on a break at that point, maybe between L5Rs. But like I just – I didn't want to ever have to drop – I never wanted to drop, you know, $100 on – uh, a a case of cards again, you know, right. or yeah. a box of cards, totally. and then and still be like, mm, uh, now I want to drop ten dollars on just this one card because I didn't get it, right? Uh, and I'm going to go to the to the secondary you know, market, secondary yeah. market, and just pick up the the enchantment I need or whatever, right? Yeah, um, that's yeah. That I stuff I stopped playing constructed for that reason right. and like stuck to right. limited, which is like right. you open packs and you play with those packs and that's it. And then afterwards, I was just. I would flip it on the secondary market to be able to play limited again. Um, but like, yeah, that whole, the whole like uh, randomization system in that is, is rough. It always has been rough. And the one thing that keeps me playing arena is that I get, you get enough of the like free currency to like continue playing that game and not have any issues right. without right. having to put money in it. And it's like, you know, it's yeah. it's it's a rough system all around. So that's that's kind of why that's the that's kind of the thing I'm waiting on to see with this game. Really, is like, okay, the the these mechanics and systems seem neat on when you when you give me a level up character. Yeah, I gotta see what the projection is like, and I gotta see what the monetization mm -hmm. ends up feeling like. So that's what we're waiting on. I think. Uh, totally. It goes into open beta March 23rd. Also, just I want to be uh, clear about a thing that became clear to me from watching footage, but maybe wasn't clear. You have four abilities you can play at any one time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Two, two of those are being pulled from your deck. No, oh, four. Or all no. of them are. So, so in, to the left and right of that of that bar of four are your two. Yeah. There's like two little symbols. Those are the two abilities that you always have. Oh, I see. And then I the think one. I see what you're saying. And those are like on Q and R, I think, on the keyboard, gotcha. for example. And then, and then the, the kind of cross of abilities in the bottom right of the screen. Your one, two, three, four. Your face buttons. I'm yeah, guessing. yeah. yeah. Are um the, the actual are pulled from the deck. You're actually yeah. pulling your abilities from your deck. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Okay. And gotcha, then like gotcha, you gotcha. use it and it goes away. You get a new card, right? Like same. Yes. Like it cycles through things. So like that bit of randomization right. is fun to kind of play around. That's fun. Um, yeah. you know, it's like a, an extra instead of having a rotation of like I know when I'm like okay hit the right. hit my rotation on this on this combo that I know is how I've built out this barbarian, which like is fun in its own way. This is more like. All right, you're thinking on your feet. Uh, what cards do I have available? How much mana do I have at this moment? Because mana doesn't like you know is limited mm -hmm. and it like it regens automatically. But um, you know, you big cards will cost a lot, and you have to manage around. Right. Like you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of like moment to moment decisions here where, um, like Diablo will you can get into kind of a zone with that game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, until you like get to like a boss, and then you have to like consider your positioning a little bit more and stuff like that mm -hmm. um 
So this is, you know, it's a it's a fun twist yeah, that on that. Yeah, that part of it sounds interesting to me. That so. thing, so. We'll see. Is there a date on this thing? Well, there's an is open beta March 23rd. Okay. So that's cool. soon. And then so after we'll that, it just, some... it kind of, they say that it'll it'll go 1.0 whenever it's, like, ready to. So that open beta is going to remain open. It's not yes. a limited beta. No. Gotcha. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Cool. Well, that is Magic Legends. Uh, curious to hear more about it from people. Um. Patrick, do you want to talk about anything else? Did you did you bring anything else to to chat about? Yeah, I want to at least shout out. I uh sort of I played this game. I played like in two hours. They're called. Uh, I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Fatum Betula. Um, it was F A T U M F A T U M B E T U L A. Gotcha. Fatum Betula. I watched like three YouTube videos. They all pronounced it differently, and I was like, all right, I'm just gonna go with Fatum Betula, which was one of them. Um, it's. I don't I uh I don't know if it was on or was inspired by but I uh, the the designer uh of of the game uh has been associated with putting together the um PlayStation 1 horror disc collection um that sure. I believe started last okay. year um yeah. and there is the next collection of that is happening uh very soon I think by the end of the month they've been showing teasers for um mm-hmm. Uh, different games the that collection for folks that aren't familiar is like people it's so interesting to see what becomes nostalgia we had the the pixel era which i think was like the last (laughs) like uh you know 10 or so years and now we're aging up where now the nostalgia is for a lot of kids um that have become like in their 20 somethings that are now making games that were like in the late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. So we're getting like PS1, N64, Sega Saturn. God. We're not, a, we're not quite at like PS2, um, uh, but like we're getting a lot of games that are playing in the space of PS1 aesthetics in which you have mm-hmm. like low, like a draw distance, um, mm-hmm. like uh, textures that aren't with like no anti aliasing, um, low poly uh, models. Like it has a very specific uh, look and, um, uh, Fatum Betula is uh, in that in that mold. It has a uh, strong uh, Kingsfield vibes for me. Mm. Maybe that's just because like when I think of like getting dropped into a world where uh, you don't know what's going on and you better just start exploring. <laughs> uh, I think of uh, Kingsfield. I didn't play a ton of those games, but I played a lot like of renting Kingsfield from from the store. And I played like, a lot of I played a on? lot of one of them, and I remember like fighting yeah. these crabs and being the fuck is this game? <laughs> um, I always wanted to go back, you know, especially now, yeah, like yeah. like re- you know, mm. be curious just to see. Um, I played a, I played a lot of from software games without having any knowledge of like them as a studio until. Um, you know, uh, you know, writing about games professionally, but um, anyways, like this, this game doesn't have any combat, but it, uh, you are dropped into a church. Um, you walk forward. There is this grotesque face Lovecraftian sort of creature that approaches you, um, and gives you three vials, um, and like kind of need gestures. Uh, you need these three vials. Those. those are um, important. And there's like a tree that's next to you and a bunch of water and you're sort of just, I don't know, go see what that world is. Um, There's no objectives. There's no map. There is like no direction on what you should do next. There are just, you walk out of that church. There is a left. There is a right. There is a a cat creature in front of you. You can talk to you. There is a, um, a well that you can fall into with uh, uh, this uh, Lord of the Rings looking kind of Gandalf motherfucker who says like, you know what? I need the skull of an immortal. Can you go find me one? <laughs> and you're like, okay. Um, sure, you go sure. to it. But he says, oh, actually there's a skull of an, there's, there's an immortal nearby, but 
I can't go in uh, and get that skull because I can't go through wooden doors. Like that's his thing. Mm, Just can't go through wooden doors. Mm. And then there's a shack just down the way and you go down into the basement of that shack and there's a skeleton laying on the floor with extremely long legs. I don't know if it's because they're tall or the legs have extended over time. And they're like, man, you know, it was great being immortal. You know, what sucks being immortal. Could you Mm. kill me? Like that would just be great. (laughs) Um, and so what you start doing is you start piecing together like, oh, like here are, thi- here are things I could do in this space. Like, ah, this person wants a skull from an immortal. This immortal <laughs> wants to die. Somehow, I suppose I could. I can make this happen. Yeah. <laughs> I can make this happen. Um, uh, that doesn't involve the three vials. Um, and so it's like I, I explored that space, didn't you know, interact with what I could interact with, couldn't quite put together anything there. So I go and explore, uh, uh, I talk to this, uh, cat looking thing, a dead end there as well. Um, but it was nice talking to you, cat. I'm going to go to the right. <laughs> you go to the right and I get this knife and, uh, not, what can I do with this knife? Well, I walk back over to this cat and I stab this cat and the cat dies. You killed and the then, cat. What? I killed the cat. And uh, and then I take this vial and I interact with the cat. And it's like, yo, I got I I've just 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 siphoned off something into this vial. What can I do with this vial? Uh, <laughs> I could go back to that. I could go back to that church and I could just dump this blood of this cat into the uh, into the water, which I think is supposed to. I I think the game like wants you to like. Break a cycle, like heal this uh, tree. It's all very vague and esoteric on purpose. Um, And the game ends and I get a bunch of very weird and violent imagery that's like ending to murderer. I was like, oh, Mm. all right. Mm. It starts to come together. Yeah. And then uh, the game just ends. And it's like, do you want to start again? And it's like, okay. And so then you go back into the world with like the knowledge that you have and I take the right path and I don't want, I don't want to get in too far into explaining different uh, interactions because the whole joy of the game is uh, what are the interactions that aren't aren't explained because the game really goes out of its way to just be a place and you are to, you are to try and figure out what these interactions are uh, on your own. You know, like just because you find a fishing pole doesn't mean you know what to, what the fuck to do with that fishing pole. Um, But basic, you start, Kind of like, Wait, is there a fishing mini game in it? How does it compare to the fishing in Adios? It's not. It's not nearly <laughs> as intricate. You are. You okay. are. I'm spoiling okay. an interaction. Spoilers for wow. Bottom Betula if you're going to go and play it. But like, yeah, you like there are fish and you can throw it in and then they wiggle and then you can you can pull it out and you can do things with that. You can think about who could I feed this fish to and like that's what sure. starts happening. It's like cat. every time you get an item, the, it's like okay, had a fish. And there are endings cool. associated with giving the the cat Same. a fish. I've yeah. I've since looked okay. up how the different uh-huh. endings like 10 endings play out. Um, oh wow. Well, I hit a certain wall that was like I mm. don't know. I feel like I've done all the, the adventure games, the adventure can, game wall. We've talked about this yes. where you're and, like, and this I'm game this this game gives no this game is just like fuck you. Uh-huh. Fuck you. Fuck you. Like um <laughs> it, you're you're supposed it, it is very much adventure game logic. It makes a no apologies for that. Like there is a whole a second half of like areas to explore. Not a chance would I have looked in the direction of that yeah. bush. G- gotta yeah. be honest. And and that's not even a, cr- a criticism of the game. This this is what the game is. Um, um, 
not for better or worse. Like that's it, it, it presents itself this way, and it is it is it is uh, emerging from a certain type of uh, style, aesthetic, design, ethos that was very much of that era. Um, and so, to a certain degree, like what ended up happening was like, all right, I would hit a wall on interactions, and I'd be like, all right, I'm gonna go look up uh, a fact that's like here are the different endings, and it would just be like, hey, like here's a thing you can go do over there. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. I didn't even know that was a possibility space. So then they would open up three new areas for me to look right. at. And then when I That's would hit cool. a wall, I'd be like, yeah. all right, now I'm going to go look up an ending. And and all the endings are not, not what the ending is. It's just like, here are the interactions you need to do to get to that, in that direction. It's like, oh, I didn't even know I could do that with that character. Um, And it very much reminded me of, I have to imagine when this game came out, it came out on uh, PC last year. There's a Steam version you can get. I played it on Switch. Have to imagine it was a joy amongst the community that got around this to be like, did you know? Yeah. Like that bush was a thing? Yeah. Like, and then all really of a sudden cool. everyone's like, I go through that bush and there's like a submarine. Why? <laughs> um, and it's, you go to a, you can find a suburbia in this. It's, it's, uh, it is a whole, whole ass thing. Um, um, I'm having just as much fun sitting with the fact open on my iPad mm-hmm. than I, than I am, uh, was in the early stages of just like, I don't know what any of this is. Um, maybe people's uh, brains that are better suited for adventure game logic will like be able to grok it on their own right. faster than, than I was, but I'm having just as much of a good time um, playing in this world. And it's d- truly bizarre. Um, you know, I mean, there's, I'm gonna, I want to, I'll spoil one last one. Cause it was just like, so funny is like you, you go through this, uh, this area, you get to a beach and for some reason there's a bridge that has a submarine attached to it. And there's a person on this beach and there's this one of the, one of the early interactions you learn is like, Oh, you can put things, you can put things in the vial and you can take things out of the vial. And you start mm-hmm. to think about like, what can you do with those interactions in different areas that, uh, would, would allow, allow you to kind of, uh, uh, use liquids. Um, and like the conversation you the the one conversation you have with this person on the beach is like isn't this beautiful it would be terrible if someone did anything to it and of course immediately i'm like oh uh, like i know hmm. an interaction i can do that i can get poison and so i went and like go went and did the interaction yep. like got the poison dumped it in just fucked up this beautiful ocean <laughs> talked no. to the guy and the guy i think like the interaction is, is really like as simple as like ah. Oh, that's a bummer. Uh, it's like just so funny and weird. Um, so it, yeah, it's it really you have to be at the right space for it and know what you're getting into. But it is if you, I think it's like totally approachable. Even if you didn't like have nostalgia for that era, you just may have to rely more on the fact if you like can't re- rely on institutional knowledge of like how games right. like this operated. Right. But um, I just think it's endlessly fascinating to watch this emergent nostalgia for this specific era 100%. and like what that because as much as like i was a kid when pixels like dominated but like i was a teen and a young adult when like th- early 3d so like i came online yeah. as a person like with 3d this so is like i have more of an intimate i i i played a, more games with pixels, but have like a more emotional nostalgia for early 3D, Final Fantasy VII, Silent Hill, mm-hmm. the whole PS1, Sega Saturn, like even up to like Dreamcast, like the emergence of 3D as a aesthetic and as a as like a, a gameplay medium. Um, so I'm so psyched to see people playing in this space. Totally, I'm excited to to I'm excited for for this to like get to. 
I feel like it was on the edges for a minute, you know, like mm-hmm. we all knew it was coming. This style <laughs> of like retro thing. I think, you know, go back a decade and people would say like, oh, do you think we're going to get PS1, like a PS1 nostalgia wave? And everyone was like, everyone I know who I trusted in any way was like, yeah, of course. Like, yes. Yeah. Yes. That's going to happen as soon as it's possible for people they gotta to get old enough stuff. And, and care yes. enough. And, and it was it's like it coincides with I, I saw this. I think it was some interaction I saw on Facebook between um, some friends of mine um, who they were talking about the price of like old games on eBay. How like mm-hmm. how in the last 10 years we went through not 20 somethings, but like 30 and 40 somethings, like having access to a lot of money as they've gotten older, driving up the price of carts that you used to be able to get for like a quarter at Funko Land or like <laughs> Electronics yeah. Boutique. Those like and these like random ass games that like aren't any good, but just suddenly now cost 80 bucks to buy on eBay. That has now happened, is happening with PlayStation 1, where the way it was put in the exchange was like, yeah, all of a sudden, like some jank ass PS1 game that got a 27 out of 40 in Famitsu is suddenly like one YouTuber does a video that's like, this was actually... My right. entire childhood was this right. video game, uh-huh. and now that game happens. Yeah, and that, that happens, and now that game costs a hundred bucks on eBay. Right. Um, right. I want to I mean, read this. Is, that is the part oh, of it ahead. that I'm most. Okay, oh, you, you had read read your thing. I want to read this quote from um, uh, uh, Bryce uh, Butcher. Butcher is the designer of mm. of, of this game. Because um, I asked him about like what do you? Th- I'm thinking of doing a feature on, on this, and. Uh, he had uh, mentioned. Uh, I asked, like, well, "What do you find appealing about the aesthetic?" Because he's only twenty, uh, I believe. If his, oh, if, his wow. tw- if his, twi- if his Twitter, if his, if his Twitter profile is not a lie or ironic, um, uh-huh. he's only twenty, which is which is interesting for how you would think of like the the that's like yeah, on the yeah, edge. Yeah. I think of uh, what I think of like the age I, of this. Yeah. Um, um, so anyway, he wrote, uh, as I actually grew up playing a hefty collection of N64 games that my cousin handed down to me. And the sense go. of intimate, rich atmosphere those games tended to have was extremely right. formative for me. I think in general, the aesthetic really lends itself well to creating environments that force the player to engage with them rather than being set dressing. The relatively low amount of detail means there is less of a chance for the environments to just blend together into pretty noise. And instead they feel, at least to me, like they have a stronger, more readable personality. I'd say the fifth generation console aesthetic, which is maybe the first time I've heard it phrased that way, but it is <laughs> great um uh lends itself to environments that are intimate like an apartment space whereas modern games tend to have environments that are intimate as an entire city sometimes literally the low poly models and low resolution textures also lend themselves to the imagination as well there's a lot more i could say about the aesthetic but i'd be here all day but i think he gets it like some interesting points about like what is now interesting about that aesthetic as a play space Mm -hmm. and what it evokes in a player um relative to it being just a technical limitation and like what artists and designer did with it at the time. Yeah. But I interrupted your point. No, the thing I was going to say is the thing I think about a lot um, is that period of time felt so open in terms of what is this game I'm going to rent going to do. Like, Even what, you, what? you could, you look at it now, now in retrospect uh, for designers, it was very much just like, fuck what the fuck we can do. What am I supposed to do? We want. Right. Totally. And, and I feel like, or and, and maybe that's rose colored glasses. We're gonna make right? jumping but, flash. Bring right, back totally. jumping flash <laughs> jumping as flash a VR game, please, please. And uh, you, you you ever play Ribbit King, the fucking yes. cartoon golf game where you are? Oh god, Ribbit King is like a hundred. Actually, Ribbit King might be a PS2 game, but it feels like it's of that era of GameCube, um, PS2 of of like weird 
Um, the game based on the fictional sport of froth, which is a golf-like game that's played with frogs. The frogs sit on catapults, which the player whacks with a hammer to send the frog flying into the air. And then when the frog lands, it also <laughs> can hop additional steps towards your big cartoonish golf hole. Games like that were like, okay, this is wild shit is happening. And obviously, I want to be clear, I don't think like creativity got driven out of the game space and we obviously live in, a, in an era where like more people than ever are making games and we're getting experimental stuff um uh but but there was that like ps3 or like xbox 360 through like ps4 era that felt like the the games that took up and maybe this actually has to do something with with the way games were perceived at the time for me which is as a child you go into a game store you go into a video store and you know Jumping Flash takes up the same amount of space on the on the shelf as Mario does. You know what I mean? Yeah, it felt like, like that era was like games of, could be anything. And then 360 right. PS3 was, no, games are this. The games right. are this. Games are this. There has to be a certain level of polish. There has to be a certain level of sheen. Left trigger, right trigger. Uh, cover systems. Brute um, force. You, like, I feel like games right. like Brute Force like, I mean, like are, are, are endemic of an era in which like, oh, no, this is what games are. These are how we make them. Right. Well, actually, that, that starts with the PS2 era, even yeah. towards the end of the PS2 era, the Xbox era, as things get sheenier, as things get more and more, as, 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 it's, genre not, like the, it's not the professionalization settled. of games, but it's no. almost like it's expectations get set in yeah. place because big, because big works cross over, suggest that this is the way it's to be yeah. done. Mm. Audiences start to expect that. Uh, marketing budgets and and producers start to indicate we need to show this, but I guess that that's like the games inequitably tied to technology. Thus, result they reach a certain aesthetic slickness that then yeah. just didn't exist. I mean, like it was always just it, in some ways it exists. Maybe it's like the advanced to like realism. I don't know, but there's something there that you're touching on that yeah, is yeah, yeah. like at some point it was like ah we reached a certain part of the technical mountain and now games have to be this because that that's how we're going to commercialize them. Whereas right. like you look at, you go back now and, or you look at the, the game that, that uh, you just uh, shared. What was it? What was it Fatum called Betula. Fatum Betula. And like one of the things you didn't mention is in certain parts of the world, it seems like the sky is just pink with text on it or something. Yeah, with well, there's uh, there's an interaction you have that sends you to uh, a dreamscape in which it glitches. It, it appears to glitch out to the point that I actually, for a brief moment, was like, ah, a bug. And then I was like, did the interaction again to revert the world. I was like, no, this is this it. Is a and choice. and yeah. actually, yeah. Like, <laughs> it, it, like, for like some, the early ending interactions, like it is critical for you to figure out like what you can do in that space. And mm. like when I did that was one of those early, uh, oh, <laughs> oh, right, okay. Right, right. <laughs> but like, but like in the era of the 360, you know, uh, the, the era of the 360, you had to have a good skybox, right? Yeah. You had to have a solid, or you got made fun of for, for there was a, a, a degree of like. These games barely feel like they're <sighs> hanging together. Like, Part of what I think about which is like the what PS- a lot of games I played at the time, yeah, felt like right. Well, like you, I feel like when I think of a lot of like the PS One era aesthetic is like shaky, like polygons, like just like you can like see through them, and like th- like they're just figuring out how these even work, and like mm-hmm. it's 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 rickety to the point of and that has become part of the like the rickettiness is part of the aesthetic as opposed right. to the polished up nature that like started in the PS Two and was really became part of the three the three sixty. Um, PS, yeah, uh, yeah, uh, and, and it, it, again, like I really do think the PS2 had a, a lot of games. I think about like, um, do you ever play Baroque, which is another one of these like Baroque, 
uh, is yes. like a, I want to say Atlas published it. I forget who made it. Um, I forget who the, de- the developer was on it, but that was like a, a weird roguelike before roguelikes blew up in mass audience stuff. Like, you know, the roguelike has a, has a deep Japanese history, especially yeah. with, with like, Hey, we've taken this basic format and have, have added a ton of art to it. Um, and it, it was like a roguelike meets a, an early from soft style action RPG. Yeah, so d- dungeon crawler, dungeon you know, crawling, games like, yes. uh, Wizardry, which were like popular oh, here, but like way more popular in totally, Japan. Like, totally, totally. Like, the, the day when I went down the Wizardry Wikipedia hole and was like, yeah, Wizardry was like, like that was like a thing briefly in the 90s. And it was like, yes. it was, but in Japan, it never ended. And they totally. made a million of them. <laughs> totally. Well, I mean, we've, this is the thing of just like, we've talked about Fantavision and we've talked about, you know, like there was an era of, a degree of i think again it's just like what is getting what is getting made reflects an openness to the form and a freshness of the tech where like hey we can make a 3d game uh what if we made a 3d game where you were a mosquito who had to plague a family <laughs> and and drain it of blood let's call that shit mr mosquito and um, Eidos interactive published it under their like we're gonna pick up uh, weird uh, games from Japan label. Like they had a label, a sub label um, that I forget that uh, they brought over a weird music game uh-huh. as well. Um, I want to read this. Uh, I was looking at the Wikipedia page for Baroque. Um, yeah. The music uh, section. The music of Baroque was composed and arranged by uh, Masaharu Iwata, who had previously worked with Sting, not that Sting, um, on <laughs> Treasure Hunter G. Oh, when Sting, the if, company, right? Yeah. Uh, yes. Okay. Uh, when asking for music. Uh, when you said not that sting, I thought you meant not sting the musician, sting the wrestler. And I was like, wait, wait, ah, uh, my brain. We've, <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah. Uh, when, when I asked you about music, Yo, uh, Yonamitsu requested tracks that did not sound like music, using the natural sound backgrounds of documentaries as a reference for creating natural emotion in an audience without using a separate music track. Sometimes as descriptions, Yonamitsu would send Iwata a short poem. But even then, it was difficult for Iwata to create satisfactory tracks. When Iwata complained about a lack of reference material, Yonamitsu found some suitable music tracks. No, the music from Nighthead and Amad... Uh, I, I, I want to say Amadeus, but it's not. Adamus? A-D-I-E-M-U-S? Uh, I don't know. The tracks were designed to be listened <laughs> alongside the in-game sound effects. I don't know. That just sounds like some real drama in making the music for, sound, for Baroque. Drama. Give me My more reference material, those- motherfucker. My favorite version of this sort of story is This game's on um, Switch. They ported it. What? Did they? They ported yeah, Baroque. Baroque. <laughs> Incredible. Sega Saturn. It has very Sega Saturn vibes. Oh, it does have it. Yeah, totally. 100%. Sega Saturn has such a unique aesthetic. I knew there was a Wii port. I didn't know that there was a Switch Wii, port. Wii, iOS, Incredible. PlayStation, PlayStation 2, Sega God, Saturn, God Nintendo. Speed. So the Baroque fandom. My favorite wow. Japanese uh video game of this era music story is um uh Enemy Zero. Which is, I want to say, yeah, that's the sci-fi sequel to D. Right, correct. I couldn't remember if, if D two was after this or before it. It's after no, this. yeah, it was D, yes. and then Enemy Zero. That was both uh, so like early the, CGI, uh, and then D two was the Dreamcast game. Right, that was correct. So, 3D. so Enemy Zero has a soundtrack by Michael Neiman, who is like a, a great composer. Um, uh, for for he's the composer of like Gattaca. 
Um, oh, and, shit. <laughs> uh, a ton of, a ton of, of uh, films. Uh, he does this. Well, I'll, I'll get there, actually. So, here, I'm going to read this story here. Uh, while Eno did the music for D, Kenji Eno did the music for E, um, Michael Neiman, uh, composer for films such as Gattuck and the Piano, was hired to create the score for this warp title. And in, in an interview, Kenji Eno explained how this came about. I like Michael Neiman a lot, and I like his soundtracks, so I was thinking it would be awesome if I could get, get him to do the music. I thought that would be impossible, but it would be great if that happened. Then there was a big earthquake in Kobe, Japan in 1995, and Michael Neiman uh, was donating pianos to schools in the city. When the earthquake happened, he said he wanted to check out how the pianos he donated were doing, so he came to Japan. When I found out that he was in Japan, I invited him back to my hotel room and tried to convince him for six hours to come work with me. And so at the end, Michael was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll do it. Just let me go back to my room. <laughs> so he went back exhausted after being convinced for six hours. We didn't work terms of terms of conditions. He just said that he would do it, uh, which is incredible. And then he makes this score that is incredible. Like I love the Michael Neiman Orchestra's version of, of uh, Enemy Zero soundtrack. And the thing that's amazing to me is years later – Neiman would be asked to do a score for Man with the Movie Camera, which is a like a classic of film history. Man with the Movie Movie Camera. I actually have a, I have a poster of it back there behind me. Um, is a is like one of the films that um, you know comes out of uh, uh, you know the early early um, uh, film not film studies in the way that we think about film studies, but it, you know it comes out of a, a kind of Soviet. Um, um, Film experimentation. Uh, uh, Vertov directs it, and it is this thing that is just like days in the life of people in in you know I, I believe I believe Ukraine, um, uh, and it is just like you know early film techniques are are developed there, and it's just like incredible, almost documentarian look at what life looks like, and it has had a bunch of different scores over the years, including Michael Neiman's, and Michael Neiman's. Is the Enemy Zero soundtrack re-recorded? <laughs> he takes the compositions that he liked from Enemy Zero, but like we're just about a creepy space station. He's like, you know what? This is about daily life in Soviet Ukraine <laughs> now. <laughs> re-records it with an orchestra, and it still slaps. Like, like I still think it's fantastic. Like some of those some of those tracks are incredible. Um, and and it's worth seeing that version of that of that movie. Um, but but yeah, again, games like D D Two Enemy Zero. Oh, I cool. have. To, I, I don't want to keep reading from Wikipedia. Pages, but Please. En Enemy Zero began life on Sony's PlayStation. It's availing at the 1996 PlayStation Expo in Tokyo as described by journalists as the highlight of the show. Irritated by Sony's failure to meet even a third of pre-orders for the PlayStation version of D, and to a lesser extent, their policy that all marketing for third-party games had to be approved by them. Mm. Sony was a real, uh, wow. big, real power moves in that era. At a press conference during the Expo, Kenji Eno made a shocking move. Eno showed a preview of Enemy Zero. At the end of the clip, the PlayStation logo appeared, but slowly transitioned into the <gasps> Sega Saturn logo, indicating the game would now be a Saturn exclusive. Ah, that's despite the, that's popular... the NWO's music. <laughs> he ripped off the shirt and there was a Saturn logo underneath. Despite popular opinion, the Saturn cannot handle 3D games as well as PlayStation. Eno commented, the PlayStation and Saturn aren't that different. So moving it, moving Enemy Zero to Saturn wasn't too difficult. That is incredible. Incredible. Uh, uh, yeah. Of Eco and Shadow Classes worked as an animator on that game before going on to work on Eco and shit. This is a cool. This is just a cool generation of games. This go, is just just like go read up on just interviews with Kenji Eno. He is a fascinating character. Um, is it was it Ray Barnhold who has that really great? Um, there's a lot, but I think Ray Barnhold piece. has one of them. I believe uh, James Milkey has done. He was right. I believe friends with uh, Eno. 
um, at a certain point um, and has done a lot of, you know, it's just a, he's a character. Like, yeah. it's too bad that he doesn't do all, uh, you know, we didn't get, you know, enough of, I mean, he died tragically young, yeah. um, but like the stuff that he did uh, was just so weird. Again, of this era where everything could feel so experimental. And again, I I I don't have I try not to have rose-colored glasses on for that or, or whatever in terms of nostalgia because I do think we're in a time of great experimentation. Yeah. And increase and in in many ways a better time of experimentation because the the borders of of entry are lower for mm-hmm. marginalized folks for people globally who don't necessarily have access to a company's budget, you know, or who they, be this 20 to something can make a game that like ends right. up on Switch at some point and it's like a hundred percent that's that's um, wild that's and, and so that in many ways we're in a better place but <clears throat> but in in i'm i'm glad that the lessons learned from this era were ambiguity experimentation um letting players poke at things like i'm mm-hmm. so glad that those lessons didn't there was a period of time where i definitely thought that we were past that sort of openness in game design right because everything had to be play someone was in a room saying yeah we can give you another hundred thousand dollars for the for this budget but only if you make it a little bit more like gears you know and and i'm glad we are past that era in some ways though that stuff still obviously does exist at the big budget space right um so i don't know today we've talked about like a bunch of small (laughs) independent games doing weird shit and i want to you know i'm I'm glad that's that's where we're at and also magic legends not that that's you know, <laughs> not everything is, is in that space, obviously, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, anyone want to shout out anything else before we wrap up? Uh, oh, I want, I will just put a pin on uh, uh, Maquette, which I uh, oh, mentioned right. mm. uh, a couple of shows back. I went and finished it. Um, and it, there's not, I, uh, there's no cancer curveball, like not to like, okay. th- it's, it's just actually, the thing it is. Yeah, it's 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 fairly like it's a fairly mundane breakup between two people, which itself I'm like I wanted at least like we spent a lot of time kind of dragging that game, and I don't know that I came out of it being feeling much different about its execution and even what it's trying to do, but um, it it didn't do that, and I do I I you know uh, I like that you know adios while there are is drama to it, I like the idea of games that are about that are willing to have like more mundane storytelling and finding the space for interesting storytelling within that as opposed to uh-huh. having to be like you know saving the world and and think or or like yeah someone dramatically dying of cancer like three-fourths through the story right um, right right um, nothing nothing like that happens um in in maquette so uh yeah it didn't do much for me uh you know I wouldn't you go out of my, i'm i'm surprised fi- you finished it to be honest I, well, it became one of those things where uh, I had the walkthrough up and it's like the space, this room has five minutes um, mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I look at what I'm going to do do next. And actually that became – the imagery gets much more surrealist and interesting okay. in the last third in a way that was like I wanted to see like, uh, okay, I want to see what you're going to do next with um, uh, how you're playing with space and size. And right. I actually think the last third is a lot more interesting in that regard. Okay. Um but uh, yeah, so yeah, just wanted to finish out on on that one. Shout outs uh, to that. Um, I'm taking a quick dip in the question bucket. We've been we've been good about being in the question bucket yeah. recently. I want to at least I'm not going to go. We're not going to go too deep because we've already <laughs> gone for a bit today. Uh, but I do want to read this one that comes in from Mike, who says. 
What video game's repeated voice lines have a permanent residence in your brain? I think the classic answer is NBA Jam from downtown. That's not how he says it. He goes, from, from downtown. downtown. He does that. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's heating up. He's and on he's on fire. fire. <laughs> right. That's the last one. Uh, for, but for me, it's always been the original Assassin's Creed. Someone yelling, you cannot run forever. And that man's going to fall. And when he does, I won't help him. Uh, and oddly, the Zelda-like Star Fox Adventures, specifically the giant statue saying, are you ready to go to Krizoa Palace? Which, sure, why not? I haven't played any of these games in over a decade, but I still hear these voice clips in my head at least once a month. Hope y'all are well. Mike, does anyone have any of these? What's the Dragon's Dogma um, one? Which one? There's Isn't a the billion one that, like, of a, them. The, but there's the shopkeeper. Like, <laughs> oh, uh, uh, their master works all. Yeah, master master works all. all. <laughs> can't go wrong. <laughs> can't go yeah, wrong. That one for sure. That one. Um, yeah, that lives rent free in my head constantly. It's just that one's good. Just, there's a um, this is like a this is a bad one because we're at the point, especially at this place, post Deadly Premonition two, mm-hmm. where my like um, the, the it's no the, longer ironically I, charming. Yeah, and I we I think we gave we we gave him a lot of rope to yep. to to like listen, <laughs> go for it, bud. And he went for it, and it was bad. It was it was racist and and you know uh, transphobic and everything else. But I can't get. There's a scene in Deadly Premonition one. In Deadly Premonition one, you go to crime scenes, and Agent York Morgan will do a um like a he'll get a clue and then slowly fill in bits of what happened here over the course of like six screenshots that have like voiceover over them. And one of the first ones you get just has a lady going, Oh crap, geez. And it just drilled all the way into the back of my head in a way that I will sometimes say it to myself. Not when a bad thing happens, but when like an annoying thing happens, I don't say it out loud. It's just in my brain in a way that's impossible to get rid of. Um, Either of you have anything that's like, drilled in your brain like that i think for me it's also it's less it's less repeated quotes like this person's talking about like when there's re- repetition it's more like f- specific line reads huh. there's a line read in sonic adventure one where the whatever the echidna species there's a princess and she says two stone statues a door to the past <laughs> and that's completely drilled in my brain Mostly from watching the run button let's play of Sonic Adventure more uh, than once, which is on good. me, but it's really deep in there at this point. It's no use. That one, right, that one yeah, from uh-huh. fucking, uh, what, what, yeah, Silver sure. the Hedgehog, I think. Uh, yeah, I think that's from Silver. That, yeah. that stuck in my head for sure. Uh, Sonic games do this. The 3D Sonic games do this because their line reads are so yeah, over the top yeah. for sure. Uh Mine's a StarCraft one that is just a repeat, like the mm. dropship in. We're in the pipe, five by five. Every time you fucking click a dropship, I always got that line, and I can't. I will never get it out of my it. head. It's just it's in there. In there it's forever. Just in there. Yeah, totally. Uh, uh, for, thank you for sending that in. For, for me, the last one I would point out is uh, the. I played a lot of Unreal Tournament. Like mm. I, there, there were a Quake Three people and then real tournament people and i i was very much a uh, I played a lot of like Quake Q Three Test um, when like that came out, yes. but then. But then a real tournament became like my game, and so like Killing Spree, Rampage, right, like the right. announcer just in there. <laughs> that's just in there. Yeah. Like I played so much, and especially facing worlds was like like that iconic UT map is like that what I because I think that was the demo was was facing worlds. 
Um, mm-hmm. I played a lot of that. So the UT announcer is one that always comes to mind. That's a good one. That's a that's a was, good one. Announcers like that are, are fun. Was Kilimanjaro only in the Halo ones, or is that also a transport from you? Because I know they they shared some lines down the down the way. Because I remember yeah, that one from sure. playing a lot of. I only ever played uh, Halo in like local co op, basically in my life. But that one line of Kilimanjaro, which was like a five streak or something, mm-hmm. that's also stuck in my head forever brains they just <laughs> obsess with things sometimes yeah. it is what it is combo breaker yeah. i was also very into killer combo instinct breaker. as a kid um and uh yeah the, the combo breaker was i mean was a, those are also just that era of arcade game yeah. and like fighting game like how many times have have you heard hadouken or yep. or any of the any of the super move special moves from street fighter or mortal Kombat? you know i feel like in a generation was defined by scorpions get over here you know <laughs> for sure so um that, that movie looks like it's gonna be interesting i guess it's yeah it's got a it's got a, a grim dark uh vibe yeah. um but it knows that, what it is at the same time it feels yes, like it I knows yes, what it is yes yes i i i it it knows what it yeah it what it wants to be and so it's just running in like it, it wants to be hyper violent mortal Kombat, and i'll be curious if how much of that movie like is there humor in it and it's just like Kano seems like he's going to be a fu- like I I appreciate that the director recently was like someone asked like what's up like no Johnny Cage they're like well we got Kano like we got one we got we got the the, the funny jackass in the movie like <laughs> sure. two of them would be a little much I disagree I enjoyed the two like funny jackasses in the yeah, original Mortal Kombat um but uh yeah I'm yeah I'm excited for that I'm excited for that movie yeah, that, that Kano shows up in uh Suicide Squad because it's just yeah he does. jackass Australian guy yep <laughs> boomer Captain Boomerang is mm-hmm. just is just that so is he the one that dies like weirdly no like, that's like that, that, that's somebody else I forget who that is but they set this dude up that's a funny beat I mean it's a funny beat uh, they set up a dude as part of the squad who like doesn't get a big intro he just shows up he's got fire um, right like he is, no fire guy sticks around Slipknot. Okay. All whose right, thing sure. is he yep. can climb. They set him up. He's like, <laughs> he's really good at climbing. <laughs> and then and they get to like the place where the fights are going to start happening, where like the movie is going to start happening. Um, uh, and he immediately like shoots a grappling hook and just tries to run away. He's like, I don't want to be part of this. And they blow him up using the bomb they've implanted in his neck. Wow. Like, really? You guys have a climbing specialist as part of the <laughs> squad? This is the metahuman you got was a dude who's good at ropes? Okay, <gasps> sure. Why not? Um, he he don't make it. He don't make it so much. <laughs> Can you imagine getting cast as like being like, all right, you're gonna this is your big break superhero movie. You're gonna play a character who is in this. <laughs> Listen, I know you're. I know you're excited about being in a superhero movie. I I worked really hard to make this happen for you. Oh, what's my role? Will Smith's in this movie. <laughs> uh, 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 you know, Margot Robbie's in this movie. It's a franchise. Viola like, Davis. They're gonna spin off yeah. based on oh, the audience reacts to the characters. <laughs> That's right. That's right. And you're going to be part of the core team. You're going to be a man who can climb anything. I know that doesn't sound like a big deal, but, you know, you it's, can useful. Climb. Like, it's useful. You think Harley you can, Quinn you can can't the, do much either. She can't climb walls. She can't you climb walls. Climb walls. You can climb anything. <laughs> Done. Dead. <laughs> I mean, also, this is part of the thing, right? It's like he is uh, First Nations. 
uh, actor, oh. and that movie is not necessarily you know it's it's very I love Will Smith to death, but like there's some race there is some racist shit in that movie uh, in terms of the way certain characters are depicted. Uh, uh, there is a, a oh a yeah the Living po- Sword character <laughs> yeah Katana the Living Sword uh, <laughs> oh, uh, El so Diablo bad. who is like a, a L.A. gangbanger who. I'm not going to spoil that movie either, but it, let's just say it's just not not good. No. Killer Croc also has some shit where they ask everybody for like a thing they want, and Killer Croc, <laughs> who is black, asks for BET. Mm. That's the one thing he wants in his jail cell. Mm. Which, like, listen, it's better than being in just a jail cell without TV. But the fact that, like, you, it's just not, it's just not, it's just not good. It's just not good. I just, anyway. I was laughing earlier because I went to Slipknot's uh, wiki page and his aliases are, yeah. his real name is Christopher Weiss. His aliases are Slipknot and the man who can climb anything. The man who can climb anything. He can climb anything. <laughs> anything. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not here to say he shouldn't be allowed to be <laughs> a superhero or and or villain. Go for it. You know, just uh, sorry about how you got your head blown off. That's not great. Uh, all right. That's going to do it for us today. Uh, we're going to be back on Monday. Right. There's no holiday or anything on Monday. I have to worry about. We just show no, up, talk good. about video games. Yeah, show up and talk we're about good. video games. Okay. Well, look forward to that. You can find us as always. Twitter.com slash waypoint. You can find me. Twitter.com slash Austin underscore Walker. Where can people find you, Patrick? Someone just tweeted at me that said um, they... <laughs> Apparently, when you start the Snyder Cut, there's a, a, a war- like a, not a warning, but like a tag at the beginning. That says, this film is presented in a four-three format to preserve the integrity of Zack Snyder's creative vision. And they replied to my tweets about it, me calling it a square and getting a lot of people <laughs> really upset from like the a Snyder month or two Square. Ago. The Snyder yeah, there's yeah. Square. So there's he, Snyder Square. He did a video where he explained his process and he said it's kind of like a square. So it's yeah, like a square. You weren't Believe disparaging the square. Finally. It's just a square. Yeah. That's a square. <laughs> I'm with you. At Patrick Lopic. Most squares aren't. They're microscopically not squares. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. If, you, if we're going to zoom in on it, and oh yeah, 4-3, that's not quite 4-4 four, four, three, three. Well, uh, you draw a square. Show me. You draw it. I bet you if we zoomed in on a microscope, it's not in a perfect square. So, you know, yeah. that's all I'm saying. Let them call it a square. It's fine. <laughs> Patrick's having fun. Uh, <laughs> uh, as always, if you have questions, you can send them into gaming at vice.com. Uh, you don't have to send us your Snyder cut takes. If I watch, but if I'm going to watch the Snyder cut on my projector, my projector isn't actually a widescreen. It's actually more the, the actual like right. scroll down screen is yeah. a square. It so this be is going to be actually, yeah. I'm going to come out of this being like, you know what? More yeah. is better. More is better. We need more, mo- we need more movies as a square. In this format. This yeah. is the format of the future. <laughs> The verticality. The verticality. Superman gets to be tall. (laughs) I want this movie to crawl all over my screen. Great. Uh Uh-huh. He's dead. You can't bring him back, (laughs) unfortunately. Uh, Here's the thing. Maybe James Gunn has got a a soft spot for him and brings it back in the new one. That's the thing. Is like the next movie, I don't – it's not a reboot, right? Or is it a reboot? They haven't – because it's called The Suicide Squad, right. as if it was a um, <laughs> mid-2000s Xbox 360 reboot of a game. The and Suicide they, and, Squad. And, and they were going to uh, – Will Smith's schedule didn't align with the shooting because they were going to bring back Deadshot. And oh. then 
um, James Gunn was just going to recast it. And then okay. Will Smith was like, pull the power move and was like, nah, like, I really like this character. I'd like to come back and do it another time. And James Gunn was like, fine. And then just ca- casts, I, I think, Idris Elba. Uh, Idris Elba is a different else. character. He's Bloodsport, right? But yeah, like, another guy with a gun. Another um, guy with a gun. That's the thing about Suicide Squad. Too many guns in that movie. That whole movie is just like gunfights. Yeah. That's not why I go to a superhero movie. Yeah. John Wick like, is right there. I need the... I need right. the one guy. With, I need Batman on the the tower with a sniper rifle so I can right. pass it back. That's, right. like, that's fine. Give that's him fine. the gun. Yes. It's very funny that but the man can't... who made 300 gave Batman a gun. He could have. If he could have done it, he would have given the Spartans a gun. <laughs> they, he might have. If you go back to 300, I bet at least one motherfucker has a gun. A gun-like object. <laughs> yeah, I, trust absolutely. me. You don't have to go look it up. No, just it's just mean like me the whole <laughs> the whole Miller thing with Batman is yes. him yes. snapping that gun at the in the middle of that comic. Hmm. I think the thing the um, we don't we can't yeah. this. stop stop it. Thank you for joining us today. We're, We're going to talk go. about this again anyway. We'll, yeah, we can happen. open the yeah. box. Yeah, you know, miserable. We can open the mother box. You can support us on Patreon to, to listen dangerous. to all of our DCEU talk. <laughs> it's a temporary That's one week Patreon, one week Patreon. Just, <laughs> just to do uh-huh. the Snyder Cut. Uh-huh. You know, you can't say things like that. People would do that. People will do it. Yeah, listen. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's called the other box it's a mother box po- focused podcast uh, alright that's gonna do it for us we'll be back on Monday fuck capitalism including the Snyder Cut <laughs> go 80 home. million dollars When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.